Don't you know what a radio is, boy? Well, sure, but I've never seen one like that before. No one ever saw one quite like that. Because that's a very special sort of radio. The Forrest Gump of the record hey, industry. Almost like there during everything. Like, or or something that you know, some link to something, ah. or some person or whatever. So many different things. Like I suppose that you would actually know if you didn't know. Yeah, I was just looking like I didn't realize that was her. Yeah, that remix was her. Like wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> right. All right, yo, uh, welcome. Greetings, beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to the Mega Late Show. Mega Late. The number one hip-hop and dope culture podcast in Asia, definitely in Japan, no doubt. <laughs> I like how we're starting with Asia now. Yeah, just we just get, pretty soon it's going to be like this side of the Mississippi. But we just keep it going. You know, every week, we uh, every Friday, we drop an episode usually featuring um, an artist or an event organizer, a creative person here in Tokyo or passing through Tokyo. And um, yeah, so pay attention every Friday. On top of that, we have the gig calendar, which lets you know all of the really incredible upcoming events, whether they be musical or an art gallery or anything dope like that. So uh, pay attention to the end of the show for that list, which late is going to drop on you guys. And today we have a super special guest. I'm actually uh, quite honestly bugging out a little bit to have an artist of this caliber in our studio. Uh, whenever we get an artist of this caliber, I always get a little bit like I start speaking really fast and <laughs> kind of nervously or whatever. But um, just to lay some things out, our, our guest today is a creative person in general. She is a singer, songwriter, uh, dancer, performing artist and a producer, just an all around creative. Her name is synonymous with Acid Jazz and the brand new heavies. She is Grammy nominated and has a long and successful career spanning at least three decades. And wow, just I'm really looking forward to hearing more about her journey and see exactly how she ended up here in Japan. Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else, the lovely Dia Davenport. Hello, hello. hello. You got to have an applause drop? Hello. What's happening? There we go. What's happening? Yes. The studio <laughs> audience is going wild. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Nadia, yeah, for having for us. Uh, and Dia. And Dia. Hi. Sorry. Excuse That's me. all right. And Dia. <laughs> okay. And Dia. Uh, wonderful name Thank it sounds you. like a performing artist's name but you know it's kind of crazy and you know everybody still mispronounces that name i get indugu i've got nadera nadia people in england indugu some, sounds on purpose in, yeah that sounds like <laughs> indugi yeah i've got the whole thing but you know but a lot of a lot of people from the uk pronounce or in europe uh, that aren't familiar with pronouncing the name they basically sometimes call say me nadia nadia that's what that's what i assumed it was okay yeah but it is isn't. it's it's actually my my name given name from parents where is the origin of that is that french west african but at the same time my parents were uh, professors they were uh doing a special collaboration at a college in north carolina and when my mother was pregnant with me the organization actually um 
wanted to be including in the my the name of you know from for my name so mm-hmm. it comes from that organization ah it's a beautiful name like i said it sounds it sounds like somebody destined to be <laughs> some type of performing artist or something it caused me a lot yeah. of grief though growing up it really did did you it have was, some like insecurities about yes, your of name of course it was very odd and weird but what would what would make me feel uncomfortable then would come to, into my favor of having being a little left of center, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So maybe you know who knows how how fate ends up happening anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Earlier you were mentioning you're like the Forrest Gump of the music <laughs> industry, and Forrest Gump that feather just floated along turbulently but gently, you know. But gently, so, yeah. yeah. And and it's like six degrees of separation. For some reason, you know, and he, you would have just missed it or just been there or something mm-hmm. that it just something happened to connect at the same time that it connected other people's lives or their musical situations or, you know, it's just kind of funny, you know. Yeah. You you know, like um, I was born in 83. I'm 35 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And so usually somebody's formative years when it comes to the music they're hearing happen around junior high 12 years old in high school so Mm. a lot of the songs that i'm familiar with you making Mm -hmm. that i know Mm -hmm. it wasn't at a moment in my life where i was actively finding out who the artist was right like your joint with guru Mm -hmm. i intimately know that song (laughs) but if you had asked me like who who was the artist that was singing the hook on that it's just like i wasn't very familiar with your work yeah and looking it up um you know i think it was a couple months ago somebody was like india is out here and I was like, who? Let me let me double check who that is. And then you just have this incredible body of work. I called my sister today to let her know that we, well, I, I just, we were talking. Uh, she's in California. And she was like, who? You're... As soon as I mentioned your name, <laughs> she started singing songs oh, of really? yours. Oh, really? And funny. you've just, uh, you know, I see it like you've had such a tremendous impact on so many people's lives. And, and uh, I'd l- I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you more about uh, some of these hip-hop tracks. Of course, we're a hip-hop-centric podcast and, and finding out more. But let's start with um, how did you end up in Japan? <laughs> the question of the yeah. century, right? Um Actually, um, I came to Japan in 92 for the first time, and I was living in the UK, obviously uh, traveling around globally, doing our thing with brand new heavies. And when I came here, I instantly fell in love with it. I mean, not to like this London, but it was just such a refreshing thing for me at the time because, you know, uh, I, I think it was it just added a certain type of peace or something. So when I fell in love with with Japan, by chance over the years, I had a lot of friends that were from here and and we just always connected. So fast forward to maybe 20, like maybe about 10 years ago, I came back here on another um, tour with Brand New Heavies and I think we had been traveling around Europe or something for like three months, and Japan was the last date on the the, the, the uh, concert. I mean, on the tour, and um, I just decided when I came back, you know, the way that I like to do my live life a little bit, instead of always going to the city that I really like, I'm gonna take some time and start to actually venture out, find out what are really cute clubs, what are art galleries, the go to some temples, shrines, that sort of thing. And uh, 
it just so happened I really started without having to work and I really enjoyed the whole feeling of not you know just enjoying the place so I just started coming back and forth and back and forth and there are other personal reasons but we won't go all into that <laughs> sure um, I know that uh in Japan here, they have a rich appreciation for the acid jazz era mm-hmm. of music. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I was I just talking to people about you and about that music scene. It's like, not only do I love it, but my parents love it. Yeah. So my parents are huge fans of her. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it seems like a really ripe place for you to come and kind of live your life separate from the major spotlight but yeah. also in like a, a flourishing and thriving community absolutely. of artists out here absolutely I, I i love it for that reason i think um you know we spend a lot of time away from japan obviously but just <clears throat> to just chill for a minute and to be so active at the same time you know that to me is phenomenal in itself you know also yeah. like any other like very large city mm-hmm. the the I wouldn't say artist community, mm-hmm. but I, I I feel like there are so many people out here who can just like you said you can chill and marinate for a bit, mm-hmm. but there are so many other like-minded people doing the same thing. Yeah, like this kind of oh my bad, my voice does that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of uh, interesting like meld or melting pot of like creative people Mm -hmm. or will like form this kind of scene Mm -hmm. and um like i'm sure it's like that in new york or Mm -hmm. london but it's also here in Mm -hmm. tokyo Mm -hmm. and uh they're very open to you know expats foreigners also Mm -hmm. which i think is it's really nice especially for creatives yeah i find that because sometimes people that are not creative um, a creative. Sometimes they say they have interesting um, experiences, but I think it's a lot more um, of a of a giving situation when it comes to creatives that are here. What what I find pretty interesting about Japan is that there's like the level of artistry mm. is incredibly high out here. Mm-hmm. It seems as though a lot of uh, people within Japanese community, whether it's woodwork or mm. making clothes. They focus on something and then they kind of follow it to its its limit and, and perfect certain things. That's why you have like this, like you'll find a ramen shop who has been using the same broth for mm-hmm. like 30 years. Right. And so when it comes to the creative community out here, there are people who are just master craftsmen or women and are incredible at playing the bass guitar. Mm-hmm. But also because how homogenous Japan is, a lot of times these people don't really grow outside of japan and it's difficult for uh foreigners to find out about the level of artistry out here Mm -hmm. so an artist like yourself that comes here or somebody like mark de who um you know they come out here and their community of friends is just you know incredible artists yeah and and so uh, what are you are you working on any musical projects out here right now what's going on with you uh in japan well the great thing about japan is at least in my case you know it gives me a chance to explore and experiment with other talents that i do um some people or you may not be familiar i i actually had always wanted to um, develop my drumming uh, and I have had the pleasure of being welcomed to do that here. Um, sometimes I don't even, and as well, I started, uh, I reclaimed my 
my my role <laughs> with vinyl also being able to go out be in, uh, play in different clubs and be received so well you're spinning vinyl out here oh yeah oh, oh yeah I started wonderful. in New York years ago and then um, I started really like enjoying of course we like the nightlife and uh, the subculture and so I really wanted to just start DJing again yeah. but for a long time I just stopped and focused on other things. You know, there's just it's such a big life. You know, mm. there's a lot of different interests that I have and I've been able to tap into those things musically. There's also a music project, my partner, that also allows me to be here uh, in music. Uh, no, I mean, can you uh, speak into the oh, mic? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so um, this project is called Selectrics and we created it and uh, formulated it several years ago we've been taking it a very different route than people I think normally would go in in the industry I mm. suppose so and it's very also developing what it is that we do so it takes time to sort of you know have that mm -hmm. you know that follow through with with presenting it the way but it's 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 coming on and it's coming so <laughs> yeah coming. I'm really interested in hearing uh, what type of uh, new sounds that you may create or just your artistry because um, looking back at your career of course um, the brand new heavies were are synonymous with acid jazz and when people think of acid jazz you're one of the first things they think of and that became a flourishing kind of sound that became you know incredibly popular and people loved it and then even with your your work with guru mm -hmm. that's like one of the first hip-hop kind yeah. of r&b collaborations yes when people think of other songs like you know cnc music factory and songs that had female vocalists with kind of a rap style mm -hmm. those are like hip house tracks mm -hmm. where it's like house music with a hip-hop vibe because of rapping or something mm -hmm. but like um trust me that you did with uh, mm -hmm. Guru, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. That is like one of the first official type of R&B collaborations with a rap artist over a real legit rap yeah. beat. Right. I I, I want to talk about that, but I feel like I still need to know more about, about me. What's yeah, happening? Well, yeah. Well, interesting enough, um, when you bring up the topic of brand new heavies, um, at the time I was not I had not joined uh, forces with them um, I was actually working on a solo record and it was with delicious vinyl at the time the home our home home of Farside and Dilla and, yeah Dilla yeah. I mean even now they're still flourishing with Illa J and yeah uh, sure Chili Teeth out in Shizuoka works with mm -hmm. them and DJ Saras's yeah, they're doing yes. pizza now too. Yes, that's right. They did yeah. open a pizza wow. shop. Yeah, supposedly they're they have uh, I guess the Wall of Fame, and then of course all of the artists of Delicious Vinyl are are there featured in the pizza spot. But it's interesting because when I did start out my career, um, <clears throat> and I was living in Los Angeles, I kind of grew up in Los Angeles uh, after leaving Atlanta. And I always loved the subculture. I was always attracted to that. And, um, you know, getting involved in theater and dance and things like that. And, of course, at the tail end of social social life, you know. And it was a small community there of, um, I, I suppose, people that thought left of center. So I left and went to Los Angeles. I had no idea that I was actually going to really seriously get into to entertainment on that level. 
and um, things started going well. After a while, you know, there were the clubs, the downtown warehouse clubs, and those clubs were run by DJs. And the DJs were actually the uh, owners of, started a record label called Delicious Vinyl. There was another label that uh, Dr. Dre, I think it was Profile Record, I can't remember, it was earlier on when um, Dr. Dre and was starting to emerge more in production. And so I had world world class wrecking crew was his. It was after that. After that, it was after world class wrecking crew. But um, before NWA. No, it was after NWA oh, okay. or during that period. Ice Cube, NWA. It was after that period, and he had it, and before Snoop. It was right in that gap of period. Mm. And so I either would have gone to the direction of um, the Dr. Dre direction or the delicious vinyl you direction. You could have been Michelle. Yeah, I could have yeah. been Michelle, but I wouldn't have been Michelle. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It was sort of that, that thing. And at the same time, too, having the op- option of uh, doing a record, I really didn't want to go the traditional route of being a singer. I wanted to do, and so I always linked with, I wanted to be with like hip hop uh, labels. And so, and it felt it felt more comfortable for me so through that situation is how I actually connected with Brandon Heavies. Mm. They got licensed to Delicious Vinyl. I was already a solo artist there, so those, um, so that that, so I had we even had no idea that our success was gonna blow up like that, mm. and we didn't have any time to really prepare ourselves to for the onslaught of basically the world coming to us. Right. So you were you guys were massive like it must have been incredible. Yeah, it was all like airplanes and um, and also the interesting thing was um, during that period of time we were would have been the first early generation that really started because this was also around the time of the supermodel. And yeah. so that period of time so therefore all of those links with people flying young people traveling and starting to emerge within each other's culture um on mass so it was just so and so many artists you know and obviously people were even by coming to japan or flying to wherever it is in the world but um it was the first i think kind of jet set community mm. for young people sure Are yeah you, so I remember during that period of time, I guess what I'm what I'm getting around to is uh, that whole era. And then the guru situation, which was sort of, um, I would say that one of those first, those combinations also of generationally mixing hip hop with jazz, with, you know, because there was yeah, that was Dr. Donald Bird. Yes, album, the which Jasmine was Jazz was yes. new to hip hop, actually. That's right. Yeah. Roy Ayers, Donald Bird, you know, uh, Carlene Anderson, just so many great people that it was m- cross generationally. Mm-hmm. So, as well. So, e- even before you, um, you joined up with the brand new heavies, mm-hmm. but previous to that, you were also doing, uh, you were dancing and being featured, choreographing in, in videos <laughs> with huge artists, even I think Madonna. Yes, well, that's uh, a funny that. thing. Yeah, well, that's a funny thing as well. I'm actually a featured vocalist on uh, Vogue, oh, on, uh, on right. the track Vogue, and also if you ever saw her Blonde Ambition tour, there were two girls that were actually featured uh, within that, um, you know, on the tour uh, that sang and danced. 
there was supposed to be a third. The third was supposed to be me. Oh, wow. And they tried, I think, as I understand, to find, have different auditions to replace. They never did, and they ended up with Nikki and Donna, who you see mm -hmm. there. But, yeah, mo a lot of the Dick Tracy album, I'm featured, I'm singing on, doing backing on a lot of that. <clears throat> so, and then music videos. Oh, my God. Young MC. I mean, it's just like, there's just, there were so many different types of... Uh, well, flex on us. Tell us all of it. <laughs> tell us, you know, let, let, let people know. Because, I mean, uh, as you were saying, you, you are an artist who has touched so many different things and been a part of this community. But uh, it's like you're not as championed as maybe yeah. you might should be being in all these places. Well, like, I mean, you know, it is something that I do think about sometimes, you know, but it doesn't, it sort of motivates me to continue to create something. You know, sometimes I think people are a little ahead of their time, mm -hmm. but they continue to work on their craft. You know, and for me, my artistry is all about continuing to shape and form my craft. So, um, so there's so many options or pockets to pull from, from mm -hmm. all of those experiences. I mean, a lot of people probably don't know, like when I was starting out my career, I actually went on tour. Um, and why some people I think affiliate me with jazz because um, there was a, a amazing artist, Al Jarreau. Oh yes. That, I didn't know who Al Jarreau was when I joined. I was very young. Mm. <laughs> and it's embarrassing to say, but those disciplined musicians that I met, all the types of people, it was really um, very unique learning experience for me in the beginning of my career, you know? Gave you like a level of artistry to strive towards and professionalism I think and so. passion for Absolutely. the craft. Absolutely, and because that was so early on, after just, you know, a few months, few months after arriving from, uh, arriving to Los Angeles, you know, it really sort of set the tone. It set like the pace to understand how, you know, what professionalism is, what is, you know, the real deal of like a, 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 a of a on ongoing masterclass. Uh, like maybe, uh, would you say it was like a difference between uh, art and commerce? Yeah, like artistry absolutely. And absolutely. And as well, I think um, just going back into those earlier days because from the clubs the club culture and as a dancer in those clubs and this was before like I guess you know when you it's not like booty club it was like a really yeah. art performance space where people could come and and there was an experience at the club and this was in Los Angeles uh, the place was called power tools and all types of people came to that you know to 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 those environments mm -hmm. or the underground subculture scene in Los Angeles at the time. So, um, <clears throat> so through that, you know, there's just, I mean, you know, a lot of the people like Madonna, Malcolm McLaren, Bootsy Collins, different people, wow. the Beastie Boys, Prince, I mean, uh, Ice-T, anybody you would see in these places. So, the interesting thing at the time, I would dance in these clubs, in the in the subcultural clubs, in the art scene, at at during the night, during the day, as far as commerce and creativity. During the day, I started becoming sought after doing backing vocals, um, which started to get me motivated to learning how to write music. So it's always been like a process. But it's even though it's sort of lengthy, of it takes time to develop that mm -hmm. process. So. But that even started out with, um, you know, with songwriting, with b backing vocals, with dancing, all of those things. When did uh, 
in your life, when did you start singing and when did you start dancing? Did this just happen because you happen to be in these creative spaces or you were pursuing this? I think as, um, as a child and well, as a child, I was dancing well before I was singing. And it was always really inspiring to me, like things that were that were impressive to me, like Michael Jackson, Jackson 5, you know, being able to sing, being able to dance, Soul Train. Yeah. You know, those things really had an impact on my on my development. Mm -hmm. And um, I think through like church choir and things at school. I'm not sure what that is, but. But through like different choirs and uh, having the opportunity or people starting to ask me to sing around, and obviously they thought my voice was nice. And as a kid, I would do that. I would dance. I studied, uh, I studied dance also. Um, and then I just kept developing and even in college, um, which I didn't even major in music. I, um, I have a degree in PR, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> I do, but uh, so I think through all of that, which is actually where I met Guru initially. We met in, in At college. college. Yes, he was a bit, I think, a bit ahead of me, but still, we later connected. Obviously, um, you know, in our in our lives at wow. a later time. Yeah. So um, so and then just coming up, like I was saying, the, the places like uh, it would it would have been, I suppose, like. As DJs would have been Larry Levon and people like that, I guess, like doing clubs in New York, it would have been the equal of that, like... Mm -hmm. It's like early 90s? L 80s. Late 80s. Late 80s. Late yeah. 80s. I mean, it had started before I got well to the scene, but it was basically, uh, you know, the Jean-Michel Jean -Michel Basquiat's would come, you know, Keith Haring. I remember him personally of a lot of the dancers. Um, painting our arms as they did Grace Jones, you know. Wow. So it was kind of that environment, you know. A really flourishing community of artistry yeah. and individuality and yeah. creativity that, you know, uh, all of those people you mentioned caused these watershed moments, including yourself, mm. that would change culture forever in, in the 90s and even now. Uh, back then, with DJs just being able to break records, if they hear uh, an upcoming artist, they play that, and that artist becomes great. You know, the music industry changed so much in that regard yeah and the creative communities have changed that much so much in that regard but i think there's still places where like some real the people who are really in it really creatives are still you We're know still they have creating. these outlets yeah yeah we yeah. do we do and i think i think a lot of the people that did give me that um inspiration the malcolm mclaren's you know um of the world i mean malcolm actually malcolm's association who at the time i wanted to work with Bootsy collins he just happened to i happened to be in the right place at the right time and dave stewart from eurythmics who actually offered me my very first record deal wow but i wasn't prepared wow. i think to go to london at mm -hmm. that time this was before you know several years so i think it was always that destiny that connection of london in that respect but like connecting with a person like malcolm mclaren you know manager of of um sex, sex pistols, pistols um and also an artist in his own right you know former partner of vivian westwood and and all of that so it's the fashion it was the he's very music. seminal in hip-hop yes very much so aligned with hip-hop and god rest his soul um but you know he was he understood my vision at the time and introduced me to bootsy 
and through that with Dave Stewart. And I ended up sort of up to doing the record, which we did a performance, um, um, a huge performance. Everyone was there. I think Janet Jackson was there. Bobby Brown. It was at that time when you know they everybody, all those people were really hot. Madonna, and so she, they were all there, and that's where the whole association, one of the associations with Madonna, started us getting to know each other and spending time together. You know, um, I mean, she's an interesting, interesting person. Uh, she still is people. an interesting. Yeah, person. Yeah, she's a very interesting person. She um, recently got butt injections. Oh, really? Did you see that? that? I did. It look, it look a mess. You really? Know, <clears throat> I'm so you know, Madonna's Madonna's an icon and and. <laughs> An incredible artist, but I think maybe the butt implants was a little too little, much. Too, little much. A little yeah. too much, wow. you know. Wow. I, I don't know what it is. Is she's just keeping up with these kids or whatever? I you think know? maybe that has a little yeah. to maybe do with it, yeah, and it's yeah. just like she's like Madonna. You, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of feel like you got to do something else, but yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, well, she's she's um incredible, but you're. you're <laughs> oh my! I you you keep on mentioning these names of people that you've worked with and like yeah, I could when like uh like Mega said big up yourself <laughs> like we we say that to people in here and I know everybody you know well at least a lot of the, you know, I think my stuff is messing up now you know, uh, a lot of the artists we get in here you know they're humble they're like real mm -hmm. down to earth people and I don't know if it's being in Japan it's kind of a humble place anyway mm. but. Like a lot of these stories are untold. Yeah, they and are. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're big names like yourself mm -hmm. or like uh, you know, uh, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, oh, Adrian yeah. Young, mm -hmm. DJ Spinner, mm -hmm. a lot of it is unsung also. Yeah. It is very unsung. And I would love to just like, you know, before we started the podcast, we were talking about Native American history right. or, you know, African-American, black Native American history mm -hmm. and how, you know, some of those traditions and things are lost because they're mm -hmm. not passed down. Mm -hmm. Like if these things aren't recorded or, you know, put That's into right. record, they like disappear. That's right. Yeah. That's Som right. Sometimes I think it's us who needs to tell these stories. Like yeah. when you look at when you look at popular culture now and the way that the media uh, presents these artists, there's all these narratives that are just pushed and you see something really fascinating happening with art and nobody talks about it because mm -hmm. they're so concerned about, uh, you know, your Drake's and your Con Kanye's and they dominate so much of the headlines that yeah. you'll get somebody like Little Brother getting back together mm. and nobody talks about it. Right. Or, you know, Ali Shaheed Mohammed and Adrian Young will be the guys doing a soundtrack for Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. Where is that in the conversation? I Ali know. Shaheed Mohammed is like one of the greatest figures in American music. Yeah, he's and awesome. like your like yourself, man, just mentioning like Bootsy Collins and all of these people that that you've worked with, I feel Al like Jarreau. I feel you know, in the way she said Al Jarreau was like, Yeah, maybe you heard of Al Jarreau. <laughs> it's like, no, Al Jarreau is incredible. <laughs> and one of the things that we always try to do here on the Mega Late Show is especially um, even when we don't have a guest here, is we big up people for their contributions and and with you i was i'm not intimately familiar with your career like that mm. but just to hear you say it i feel like more people should your wikipedia page should be like oh, the you wikipedia know, a page. much I, i'm a little bit more dense let me tell you that i have an issue with the wikipedia page because <laughs> it's not accurate and we've tried and tried to like 
make this accurate and something keeps changing it back to really? it's very it's just unfortunate but we're gonna investigate it a little bit deeper i hope so because your <laughs> your wikipedia page absolutely does not do your no, career justice doesn't. and they keep changing the picture i'm like can i just pick choose my own picture and my image of who who is that cat that's like, always asking for three dollars or five dollars <laughs> because we could contact him you know like the dude we is like Wikipedia runs off of donations. Oh, yeah. the, the owner of Wikipedia. Yeah, the dude should always be popping up every day talking about, let me get $3 on it. Hey, I'll give you $3 if you fix Ndia's page. Yeah, for real. Oh, I mean, like three editors done. looking yeah. at the old Rolling Stone issue. Oh, my yeah. God. It's really an issue. Well, um, what's, oh. Tell us about what was the moment in your career that you felt like, like vindicated, like your art... You, you were able to put together a piece of art and it, and it came out the way you wanted it and you felt you saw the success and you just felt good about something you released. What was um, can you give us a moment or two yeah. that you were just like, boom, that's right. I'm on the video BET with the guru, <laughs> you know, like what, what was what were some of those moments for you? There's so many different moments and then there's so many that I yet to experience. But um one there was one performance uh i'll, I'll say one of them um at wembley stadium wow Yo, you're just chilling we're at live, now. that's a flex <laughs> that's where, amazing where live aid was where you know yeah. right you know um and actually the first for the first time i really understood what world leaders went through because the complete stadium was full so we're talking seventy thousand people something like that so to be able to how i think world leaders do they basically ask or tell people this is what you do this is what you do so as we were performing um on that stage and i'm down front of course doing my vocals doing my things talking to the crowd relating to them and i actually would tell ask them to do certain things and they actually would follow yeah that's amazing to see a sea of yes to see a sea of people actually responding to you at your command and that really was something I'll always be able to and take with me. And that was the day me. India realized she wanted absolute power. <laughs> right? Her path to world domination started then. Oh, that's that. I it can't was powerful, imagine. though. It was a powerful, powerful moment. I mean, doing the other thing is, which I think it had very interesting uh, critical acclaim, uh, considering the journalists saying that you know, being overlooked, my solo record, um, the India Davenport, it was self-titled, a day, the yeah. self-titled, yes, my, but I think the, my main purpose, it was a huge success for me because I, at the time, had many options of many producers that people or writers or different things like that. And I think it was a whole point to myself to, as Daniel Lenoir, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but... He works a lot with Brian Eno or U2, oh, I God, mean, Brian the band Eno. U2, Amy Lou Harris, different different types of music. The, um, and um, he had also considered to maybe help me produce this record. And then he's the one that convinced me, India, you can do it yourself. You already have the, and I had, uh, I had already a lot of knowledge 
of working on records, obviously with even doing so many with myself and brand new heavies with writing and producing. So it gave me the opportunity to be an apprentice on a board, um, working with a great um, engineer at my disposal to experience actually going away from a traditional studio recording in my first beginnings of completely recording without any isolation right there with the board very very vocals um, vocals mm-hmm. uh, instruments all just still right there really? together yes and um we did that a lot with in, with brand new heavies but this was like a different experience um and it was a great this thing. is your like unmitigated Solo. creativity yes, just everything version. all yeah. done and everything from even down to the mastering you know, everything from token gear. It's rare to hiring. get that type of freedom yes. when you're an artist yes. like that. So yes. it's, it's interesting to hear you say it because that would have been, what, the late 90s that that no, album no, no. came out? Yeah, late 90s. The late 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. music industry at that time, you know. Yeah, like, it's a little strict. They're um, definitely going to be like, we need you to come out with this pop record. And yeah. you need, like, the love record. And we're going to have to have you collaborate with... Yeah. I don't know. So the interesting thing Trap was... Masters. I know, right? <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So, so the interesting thing was I started out with recording the record on Delicious Vinyl, but I think certain things were going on at the label at the time, and then Richard Branson's label, V2 at the time, mm. uh, which they had boutique artists. They didn't have just like you know, a Whitney Houston or, you know, a Lauren Hill or someone like that. They had very specific, you know, types mm. of types of artists. So I ended up doing the record on V2, oh, completing okay. it on V2. Um, so that also was an honor during that process and how hard I had put the whole team and different things and moving around from city to city, maybe in San Francisco or New Orleans and different places that I, I was spending time at the time, New Orleans and but just doing it completely um, like subterranean style, you know. But That's it was where great. a lot of the real art takes place, man. Yeah, so. it, was, it was a great experience. Um, and um, I, I will never be able to replace, you know, expressing myself that for the very first time, the first time, you know? Yeah. That's also set up a discipline or a certain level of how I perceive writing, production, um, that sort of thing, so, yeah. W- were there any artists that, that um, you really wanted to work with at yes. the time but didn't get the opportunity or well the like interesting that? thing is um at the time diggable planets <laughs> uh, mecca mech's my girl Woo. um we connected actually in new orleans i think hold I was on a living. second uh-huh. shout out to ladybug mecca yes. oh yes incredible Yo, we album. wrote about her like two years ago yeah we wrote an article about her when She's i was it. in university i uh worked at the college radio station mm-hmm. and maybe her album had just come out or mm-hmm. they had it and mm-hmm. we had to review albums to you know work at the radio station mm-hmm. so i chose her album and i was like this is it's this nice is great. we did yeah. a collaboration on on uh i don't know if it came out on that album or not um but we did a musical collaboration for her project mm-hmm. and so but i'm not sure what that is <laughs> continue i'm sorry it's all right ghost in the machine yeah, I guess so. um so at the time during my solo record i really would have liked to have worked with mecca and laura hill 
that was my initial and basically because we were the women of of yeah. a generation of, of uh, with male members of our group that is that is a crazy collaboration if that would have happened mm. that, that's like uh that's like the avengers getting together but i never happens, got but i never yeah. got to get with lauren i never got to connect with her but me and mech are real tight even to this day so okay. anyway lauren's a whole other kind of yeah she is thing, apparently mm. We had some uh, wonderful conversations about Miss Lauren Hill mm. uh, recently. I see. Did you ever did you ever meet her or officially her no. Time? Officially no, but we know each other obviously from afar, but officially and I was at the um Dave Chappelle um the, the um, block, block party. party. Yeah, oh, and everybody okay. was there. Every, yeah. Everybody was there. Oh, that's, that was that, that was a crazy. real fun. Black time. excellence. <laughs> Shout out to Black Excellence. <laughs> it's weird. They in the movie they make it seem like it was real spontaneous, but I'm sure like a lot of people oh, yeah. knew what was oh, going man. on. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. But I didn't. I mean, you know, a friend called me and said, "Let's go to this thing," and I, I didn't know it was gonna be like that. Mm. But it was really great, even just um, being in the presence of just people hanging out backstage. You know, I'm real cool with um, Dead Prez and everything and see, just see jill jill scott it was like everybody was people were just back there erica that was yeah. a fun that was really funny funny um her performance was real funny when the oh, when, when the wind blew, blew off her yeah. wig it was really funny so kinda, well yeah. you know that kind of broke my heart a little bit oh, oh really? no i have no issues with weave or anything or right. tracks or anything like that or wigs you know my sister <laughs> my sister you know uh, I've seen it in my whole life, mm -hmm. but I just had this really like strong infatuation with Erica oh, because yeah. I thought she was like all natural, you know, like <laughs> got the patchouli oil, you know, and then I was like, oh my God, her hair is so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And then that gust of wind just went bam. Her, and I said, oh, I mean, she's still great. I know like, what you, you know mean, what I mean? though. But, like, yeah. but it was kind of like her media reaction moment. even after I think is even more funny. Attractive. It is, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, oh, hell, just give through. up. Because the wind was blowing so hard. Oh, it was like, it's like, oh man, that's one of the greatest it. concert <laughs> live be. event yeah. films. That of was all fun. Time. Yeah, that was absolutely. great, man. Black excellence. Well, speaking was... of like, you just mentioned coming from the days in LA to you know working in London, and mm -hmm. now you're talking about being in the scene with your solo album. You were trying to work with uh, Ladybug Mecca and Lauren Hill. Have you found it like um, difficult or strenuous? like working throughout like different eras mm. of musicians or artists you know it's interesting because i read something the other day that said um uh, andre 3000 said something about he doesn't really feel the motivation now mm. even with hip-hop how he can express himself yeah which i think too the the, the main thing i think the 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 fans or the public make so many sometimes people want to keep you hostage to a certain time oh, yeah. like they just want to bind you to it's almost like i can't go anywhere without oh so like especially if i'm here Sing they, they don't they don't call <laughs> right they don't yeah. they don't call they don't sometimes they don't call me india they call me brand new heavies and they uh, stick me to that particular they call label. You like yes they hey, call me that hey brand, brand new heavies Yes, mm. which it's it's I I understand the situation, right. but I think as an some, artist, as you... an artist, but I think going through, I think if you allow yourself to take a challenge, or you're not afraid to take a risk, or making a misstep, 
you know, I, I don't want to make missteps. I just want any bit of my work to be received well and that I feel comfortable with it and that it, it, make, it represents the legacy of my body of work. But I think sometimes this can be an issue when you have a longevity. Um, you know, how does it relate to your new fans or how do you, yeah. you know, maneuver that in a way? And at the same time, being specific to who you are, you know, um, I look at the Sade's of the world, you know, um, that stay totally consistent, but at the same time, they, they it, it's always still a little fresh. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. I think when you're true to your particular style, your particular you know what's the vibe that you're presenting you know we can still continue to grow and develop mm -hmm. you know but i think it's allowing for fans to like allow artists to to grow and develop yeah. and and not put that pressure on them you know and uh so that was quite sad to me like hearing that andre felt that way i gotta say it was disappointing to me as well like yeah. uh, especially he was talking about he didn't feel he could compete yeah i know the whole thing like, right you know yeah. like i'm i'm also from atlanta mm -hmm. and so he's like an idol like i look up to him, mm -hmm. him a lot sure. and to see that kind of and this may be, you know, my fault. Like, mm -hmm. I may be wrong on this, but to see that kind of fear in mm -hmm. him where yeah, he doesn't exactly. want to right? put out, like, yeah. something that people wouldn't like, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I was just kind of like, man, I, I really wish you would well, just... Well, see, this is this is kind of what I experienced with the solo record because people wanted so much brand new heavies and I left the band mm -hmm. for very, what is it, for very specific reasons, business mm -hmm. reasons. Um, it wasn't to just go and do a solo record, but that's the whole thing that I faced with that experience. It was, um, you know, oh, but, you know, or, or, or trying to emulate what already happened. Sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. You have to, people have to allow you to grow. And that I face that a lot, and maybe some fans they they resent the fact, or even with in Andre's case, that he's not totally mm. down doing outcasts or, yeah. you know, whatever you know. Sometimes, 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 well, a lot of times the fans don't know what they want. They don't want know yeah. what they want. That's right. Until, until you give it, you know? it to them, and that's yeah. that's that's totally my motivation. Mm. It's sort of like, you know, when you hear this and when it's prepared to be presented to you, you're gonna you'll forget about yeah. what happened before i don't like getting stuck in the past i've always been i'm sort of having an electric sort of mindset when i say electric is that my 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 references are from the past a lot of them but at the same time my goal is always looking forward mm -hmm. that's why maybe even japan it always reminds me of tomorrow you know it's it's just a certain the way that i look at things like i liked when i was a kid i liked uh, james brown but i liked disco too mm -hmm. i mean or you know or, and, and and it's that whole thing of that that reminds me of an electric dance a little sparkly a little glittery mm -hmm. i like a little bit of that it's interesting that you make the analogy to um you know being very kind of interested in the past but also moving towards the future yeah. japan is very much a country like that yes they have such a long history centuries history of traditions mm -hmm. and things but also they're they're kind very of worldly synonymous with yeah. being innovative in and in changing right. you know society like 
the the global world with technology and things of that nature. Like we can so. walk into a convenience store and print something off your phone yeah. and pay it's all amazing. kinds of bills. And, I, I, I love and, that. And send the fax. Right. Yeah. And, and they're also <laughs> going to like bow to you. Yeah. You know, like it, it's, it's really it's nice. A, it's a, a really dope uh, synergy between past and present here. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that whole concept because it's almost like the foundation of the past, but at the same time, shaking it up just a little bit I, to I, like I think go ahead just you know um we have this conversation with hip-hop a lot because you know hip-hop is now more popular than it's ever been and mm-hmm. kind of um the most uh omnipresent pop cultural type of standard for you know kids in, in society now mm-hmm. but if you look at the traditions of hip-hop it's changed a lot in terms of what was trying to be accomplished ideas about the community and where the art comes from and like i like what a lot of these new kids are doing i think it's great Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the knowledge it's like you have to remember where those roots are yeah if you grow too far from the roots you're going to die and so like it's important to remember people in the past who have made these type of contributions that allowed artists like yourself mm-hmm. or artists that are happening now that you set the pathway for like mm-hmm. you, you know it wasn't easy for people to be like i'm this type of artist i'm going to be this type of artist now mm-hmm. and you were right there doing that you know with your solo album i can't tell you how many challenges though at you know at times because again sometimes when you're a little ahead of your time the people that usually follow after you are the ones that really get the accolades or get the real yes you know absolutely that that real like oh yeah this you know the blow up yeah but at the same time you know it's like when you have a lot of like black artists who are making this really dope music mm-hmm. three years from now there's going to be like a like a white artist making that type yeah, of even pop that, music even in that way do it even or, in that or way. even yeah. like like other like major artists we've had in here like um marley marl and mark the clive low mm-hmm. like marley marl is maybe in another stratosphere yeah. but mark <laughs> the clive low was also like when he was working out um in london with his crew mm-hmm. he was they were like they knew what they were doing was a few years ahead of everybody else that's right and it wasn't until later they heard oh yeah like Somebody Pharrell was listening that's to right. Timbaland was listening Quest to Love them. yeah, yeah. Loves this I, think, really I, think, I think the thing of that's interesting with people it's almost like being someone's muse mm. sometimes in my experience or how I've, I've lived things but because those different people they get the inspiration I think sometimes with people that are a little closer to the subculture or subterranean aspect and then sometimes they're inspired by that and some people call it you know you you just ripped my whole thing my whole vibe but um but i think especially large artists like that they really need to continuously feed what it is to that maybe inspires them Mm -hmm. or something like that and it's a natural thing for them to reach back and find the smaller or what what appears not as large of a Mm -hmm. career as they're having Mm -hmm. so i mean it's been happening for centuries forever you know i mean the the backbone of hip-hop is taking some taking what we didn't have and re remaking it remaking into something that's uh, new and original so yeah. it's it's dope when the inspiration's there mm-hmm. but it's not great when like the full-on jack move yeah the it's not there, cool you know, so. it's really not cool you know and it's you know it happens so a lot of times we have to be a little subterranean um and more in, in a protective mode not to and when we're really ready to share 
that's why sometimes people here I, I pop in and out of a record here or this that and the other funny enough mark the clive low in his way of uh, when you because i've worked with mark live and he's basically just recording as you go we're recording mm. and right doing the track i mean just presenting it live strictly moment by moment and he's adding on beats and adding up and that was i was quite intimidated i have to be honest i'm like well, you want me to do what yeah. i get intimidated <laughs> just seeing his setup it's yeah. like, you're gonna, like crazy many, like, you're gonna touch everything there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's 700 buttons in front oh of you God. right now and, and i don't feel like i did my best my best but at the same time it was still another experience because i'm like okay we're gonna do just he's just yeah we're just gonna do it and live right here in on this new york stage in front of all these people and it was really it was it was it was interesting you know you were talking earlier um maybe not on the podcast about uh, how you don't use a, a cell phone oh yeah and how you don't mediate <laughs> your life like that well i think like uh with mark DeClivelo, the immediacy that he's able to create in a room is one of the more fascinating elements about his artistry mm -hmm. he's just like let's do this live yeah and let's just see where the energy takes us so yeah. sometimes you you might you know you might not kick the best freestyle or right. you might not come with it tight but because of his artistry and the way that he approaches it there's always a more opportunities for that i'd yeah. love to see you guys work together again i'm sure he's coming will. back he's coming back he's he's got he's this new back. album called the yeah uh, he's Ronin, always here Ronin you know Orchestra. he's japanese you know? yeah, yeah. We, and new from new yeah. zealand and japanese yeah. right yeah. something like that yeah we yeah. had him right here in the studio too he's a friend of the show like yeah. uh, that's great just, uh you know his ronin orchestra album that's coming out okay. uh, this year he just had another one uh heritage i i just ordered the vinyl okay man that guy is amazing yeah you, he's amazing you two would be incredible together yeah well we're gonna work on that some more i haven't please. talked to mark in a minute but you know next time he comes out i hope we'll be in town and we can we can probably be at speakeasy oh yeah 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 speakeasy yeah i love speakeasy that's a, it's some really great places around here to go if you know i think when you come as an artist sometimes if you don't have your community of people that know you or you've not established something you i think sometimes you know um maybe the promoter or someone they may assume that you don't want to go to a place maybe because you know you wouldn't want to go there instead it's like well no this would actually be the type of place mm. i would go to mm. you know i don't know and it and it's it's very flattering you know but they are being very polite and kind and sometimes places have not i think again i get linked into sometimes jazz a lot pigeonholed into, pigeonholed into scenes, jazz yeah. and i'm like i'm i'm no disrespect to people that do jazz and even I have been linked and done, done some things with Jack. I just prefer if I'm going to go and visit a country or something, I want to be with the people. I want to mm -hmm. feel the community. I want to feel, you know, like I, I would be at home, the type of place that I would go and enjoy, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely more than people's perception of you, you know? That's Especially as an thing. artist, that has to be frustrating. Yeah. Did you ever encounter any adversity um, with labels in terms of payment back then oh. and publishing and things of those in that nature? Um, I didn't have a real issue with publishing. You know, I always had a had a, had a great uh, relationship with EMI Music Publishing, S established my own um, my own company, that sort of thing. I never really had a big issue with with that. As far as labels, 
or artist um, with payment. Sometimes that's been interesting. Sure. But not a whole lot with artists, because artists have to link with the labels. Um, unfortunately, Delicious Vinyl has some issues with 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 finances, and there's always been questions. As, as over history, you know, yeah. there's always questions. Um, Industry rule number 4080, man. Yeah, it's Record just like almost a standard. Shady, yeah. yeah, it's a little yeah. shady, but some artists can be just as shady. It, it's difficult. <laughs> no. You're right. Absolutely. I, I mean, you promoters, hear the stories all the promoters, time. Promoters, yeah, sometimes. The the time. It's like the abuser was once the abused, and they yeah. learned yeah. it. That's from right. The yeah. Hurt that's people, right. Hurt people, hurt people. That's you what, know? you know, that, so. of course that's it. Uh, being in, uh, you know, I listen to a lot of independent uh, hip hop music, and a lot of these guys are their their managers, their their tour managers, mm-hmm. they're you know they're they're the artist and the business person, mm-hmm. and so I can I know uh, firsthand that it can be difficult for a creative person to have to navigate the monetary and the business yeah. elements of it. Uh, what are your thoughts about the music industry now? Uh, you've seen so many per- mm. like changes. Yeah. Um, you know, having been in the in the industry for such a long time. Uh, what are you, do you, you you must not use Spotify, you not really. No? I mean, you know, I think I took a pause on the music industry and really as, as well kind of stepped away from the immediate like th- there's some sense of urgency you got to put out a record you got to do this i started taking time to live life and focus on family um i have an ill father i had an ill father who unfortunately came to alzheimer's disease even that process of learning how to manage someone that can't facilitate themselves like you are familiar with it's a learning lesson with everything Mm -hmm. you know even taking i have very specific um desires for architecture design building you know designing homes interior lifestyle sort of thing Mm -hmm. So I think while the industry is trying to sort itself out, it sort of lost itself for a minute. And I couldn't really get a gauge because they couldn't gauge themselves. I don't personally feel. I didn't perceive it that way. So therefore I put my interest and my other talents to good use while they were sort of figuring things out. Um, I don't know exactly how they're, I think they have a very serious reliance on the top eight workhorses that mm. they have in the industry, mm. you know? I mean, unfortunately, I don't know if there's a lot of pressure on those people. I'm sure there's an extreme amount of pressure on those people. At the same time, they may live for it. Like, that's sure. what they want, and that's what they're going to do. But there's extremely amazing different forms of talent here now mm. and avenues that are, in, are competing with these labels that I think that it would be better to allow allow the artists to basically go on, but I guess they don't want to share the money. Yeah. They don't want to share the profit. You know, the artists that can handle their own businesses, they can run their own ships. A lot of those people, yeah, they're getting opportunities, but I think in order for the labels now to win, they have to kind of give up some of the, the that power of, of 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 being a bank mm-hmm. i suppose you know what i mean i think it's it's important to recognize other people but i don't know if they totally got to figure out yeah. yet and so until they do 
that's fine. The mm. way other people want to do it is the way they want to do it. The way I would prefer to do it is basically to be the entity within our own entity. Mm -hmm. I, now, now you could release, you know, completely of your own accord. Whatever you want. And, sure. Exactly. And, and build your own company, mm -hmm. uh, your own um, entity. Um, whereas, as I was saying, even with the Selectrics project, you know, there's different facets or now that we've started to realize because we've allowed ourselves the time to develop. I mean, long time ago, they used to have where you could develop like Whitney Houston, I think she didn't even come out until like two years before the public knew about mm. Whitney Houston because they invested that time to develop th those artists. Mm -hmm. Now artists, and what we've done in that respect is develop ourselves mm -hmm. and give us that time and then present what it is. So now we have a tier of, of, of all possible things that, that we are capable of doing, you know, that we can present as services. Um, not just like some people do a clothing line or whatever. We're not interested in those types of things necessarily. There's so many other aspects. There are the, who knows the interior design aspect. Oh yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can, I can take you on a, let's, let's go play drums. Do you need a DJ? Do you, sure. are you familiar? You know, all these different types of master classes. Your we, creativity is going to flourish in all types of directions exactly. instead of being pigeonholed to That's we make it. music. Yeah. It's, it's just we, that's what I mean you know yeah. it doesn't exist in, mm -hmm. in my mindset it just yeah. doesn't exist but we can't offer quality service about what are certain things that we can do it just as it's formulating I'm sure it will be developed and the public will know where to go to you know have different services from us I, I'd like to I'd like to hear more about it uh, how do you spell it Selectrics mm -hmm. C like select electric it's a portamanto <laughs> C-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-X-X -X. okay yeah and, and this is still an endeavor that's emerging now yes okay and being in, being developed now we have quite a few we have done quite a few um, concerts and shows uh, in uh, Brazil uh, and uh, in, in Barcelona London um, any in Tokyo so I mean we did one let us know because we have the show calendar we would love to go ourselves and also you know yeah. promote it on the show that would be great yeah, yeah. we um, we actually did something in Atlanta uh, that was uh, it was an India Davenport production and we introduced Selectrics so so that was like a, and it's a two piece um, uh, outfit I suppose and it's based, centered around bass and drums whereas my partner Katsuya everywhere uh, is uh, on usually on bass or programming and there are other elements around centered around drumming and percussion and but it's it's I'm really enjoying it, and it is a combination of electronics and the traditional art forms of doing it live, you know, or the groove is, is, is mm, linked word. with that. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to see that emerge. Um, I I uh, I heard that you were out here a couple months back, and people were like, "Yeah, she just be chilling, man." She's like, <laughs> "I was like, she just be chilling with y'all, like in 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 the shit, yeah. like you know, like well, you gotta there. you gotta be yeah. somewhere." <laughs> yeah, like uh, shout out to Niall Kenzo, Robin Oliver of um, yeah, the Ocean and I. Oh yeah, I know y'all are also close yeah. with him, right? And that's yeah, I, our played, guy. I think yeah. I played drums yeah. b before we met. I think we played 
for the yeah. band. Yeah, we did for 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 the band. Yeah. That's we our did. guy. It's a good. Oh, well, late's in the ocean. Now. Drums, he performs he, with Cats was on bass. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I remember he was like, or it was. It was either at Speakeasy or with Nayo, and your name came up, and I was like, familiar with your name <laughs> and the brand new heavies. I was like, that India Davenport. <laughs> that's what I said too. I said, and, and Nayo was like, oh yeah, that's that's India. <laughs> I think it was because it was so nonchalant that I almost thought like this must be another person, yeah. because mm-hmm. if she's just chilling, you know, on the side like in the conveni in between their set you know like that's that's amazing i love that you're you're you know operating within this rich community of artists because every you know every friday we put out an episode we're constantly meeting people who are creative Mm -hmm. and passionate about art Mm -hmm. and you know promoting each other and community so to see you out here especially an artist of your caliber is just you're awesome thank you again for joining us We've Thank been playing, you. Late's been playing a few little Dilla beats here, and I did oh, want to yeah. ask you about those collaborations, right? You mentioned earlier how you and Guru came together. Mm-hmm. Did you did you work with um, Dilla, Dilla or oh, Q-Tip? Yeah. Can, can you tell us a little about that? Because, yeah. you know, we're huge Dilla fans, huge Q-Tip fans. Yeah. How did these, uh, they were, um, well, Dilla was with Delicious Vinyl. That's right. At the time that you were also working mm-hmm. with the label. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was J.D., that's yeah, right. He, at right. the time, he was JD, and JD at the time before he was Dilla, mm-hmm. or people were, were uh, received in that manner. He was really shy. He used to be real low key and real shy. Like you would have had no idea that he had was such a prolific. Uh, he would later change beat making. Yeah, absolutely. Know. And then over the time, I hadn't seen him in a while, and over time, and he's doing all these, he just went beyond, uh, you know, his earlier days. And and then the next time I saw him, he was just like, India, he was just like a whole nother strong, like his strength, but still really sweet, really humble, but it was just like, he, you saw him step into his power. Mm. And it was beautiful to see, and all of that happened before his passing, of course. Which now I'm still, I'm quite friendly now with his mom, the foundation um, for um, Lupus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a show in D.C. Um, to support the Lupus Foundation, and Dilla was right when he got the, had his uh, machine put in on the Smithsonian. So it was all around that time. Okay. So, um, but Dilla, you know, we did a track with um for my solo record i had actually produced it the song and then he um came and did like some other beats on it and it was like everybody was like going nuts still it was mm. called bullshitting that's the jam that's that is absolutely the jam the jd remix is <laughs> the jam i think my sister was singing the chorus today oh <laughs> when i called her up cool. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. uh, that's really uh that's really incredible and how about um Ooh. Q-Tip, he did a remix for the brand new heavies. I yeah, think, that's interesting though because he actually we he had was in the these... video, right? No, 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 no. I at that point I was on a break from the band. Okay. And um, because the heavy rhyme experience, I don't know if you recall that it was a hip hop record. And um, I read about it. Yeah, it was a really cool record. I thought that record was so when when the guys went to do the heavy rhyme experience i was doing the thing with guru with the jasmine thing mm-hmm. so um so 
Um, well, I almost forgot the question. <laughs> oh, I was I just would, asking uh, about you know Q-tip and. Oh yeah, Q-tip. That's right. I mean, we had a relationship with Q-tip and. Um, it's a lot of times back in those days too. They would have like hip hop, like um, uh, on MTV. They would have all these like spring break. Um, you know, they had a, on. I guess it was like the week of yeah. spring break, and so they did a hip hop one one time. And so we just connected with a lot of artists through that and Tribe Called Tw- Quest. We just always had different things that we were always doing at the same time, like like Q-Tip or Brand New Heavies. I don't know why that synergy was, We, but we would always be around them. Or sometimes in New York, I'd invite them to come on stage or whatever. So I think when they did that song, I was doing Already some other separate. things. Okay, mm-hmm. very interesting. I, I don't know, I... I uh, but I sold I, him my, my, um, my Moog. Oh yeah? <laughs> I did, I did. And so funny, at the time, Mark Ronson, who was do DJing a lot more back in those days in mm. New York, and um, so when when uh, Tip bought my Moog, Mark Ronson comes and picks it up from me. So it's crazy. What a life Small. you've led! What it's an crazy. incredible life! Yeah, it's. Cr- I told you I'm Forrest Gump of the industry. That magical feather. <laughs> Kevin Bacon over here. Yeah, right. Six <laughs> degrees of India. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna start calling it from now on. Yeah, actually, that should be. When it. I talk about hip hop music, mm. I, I um, you know, I don't, I don't want to miss anything. Uh, is there, are there any upcoming projects that you're working on, or is there any uh, Japanese artists that you want to shout out or anything like that? Um, I thought there's a really incredible group that we went to a hip hop festival in Kawasaki and um, and I'm pretty sure these, I wrote it down because I did want to give them a shout out because I think they're really interesting and I like the beats. I like the group. It's called Ty Cobb and Ghost and MPC. Ty Cobb and Ghost and M- MPC? Mm-hmm. So they use, they use an MPC drum machine as well or? Yeah, they're oh, like, and they, they're like a duo and they like, exchange they're kind of like flowing in and in interchanging as they the beats go down okay. they're working together it's really interesting that sounds incredible too <clears throat> i hope the, i'm pronouncing it correctly or okay. ty cobb x ghost in mpc yeah, i don't know it's dope, it, in the show notes. it was nice yeah. i liked it yeah. a lot and uh i just want to shout out all the fans here in tokyo you know it's been wonderful um vibing with everybody and everybody's been so kind and you know um i i I just i just hope that they just you know hold tight and expect some really good things various things from what we're going to be doing and representing um representing in a in a a nice way selectrix get (laughs) with it how do you feel about um tokyo not related to art like the future of tokyo all the development that's happening uh, Hmm. maybe laws opening up a bit more to allow more foreigners in i I mean i I think i think in some respects the law you know maybe in some ways it needs to shift just a little bit a little bit um whereas it's just a little more freedom where there's not such a hard reliance on alcohol i think that's a pretty intense thing um it surprises me that Japan is not more like uh, in tune with 
marijuana. Yeah, that's pot. what I, I would expect them they're, they're to. They're into homeopathic medicine yes, and course. Chinese medicine and, and, you know, naturally occurring things. But cannabis has been just even demonized medicinal. Here, Yeah, exactly. Know? Or even in medicinal pe- uh, points. Because yeah. I think what what's what's being um what's being overdone is the alcohol because yeah. there's not another release i think for you know people's yeah. uh, stimuli or whatever it is i think you know would help if yeah. they at least reduce the the intense in its intensity of prison right <laughs> you, you know like the 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 suicide rates out here are so yeah. high mm-hmm. and the the national pastime is almost drinking that's what know, i mean and then drinking is a downer it's, yeah, it's a downer so it's exactly it's, that's what i mean know, I there's got to be some correlation there i think so too yeah. i think that's one of the things but as far as all the the, the buildings Sometimes it's sad to see old buildings because I like architecture. Sometimes it's sad to me that, you know, buildings are not as appreciated. But sometimes you have to, like, redo. It's cheaper to, like, take the building down. And in a city like this, it just changes and changes so quickly, you know. But I I do. I, I I have a real soft spot for like certain old buildings but recreating them from the mm. uh, from the inside and um and presenting it in a different way but it's it's a little sad but it's like oh the memory of it sure. or mm. you know that sort of thing but but it's fun it's phenomenal to seeing how they deal with these big buildings they erect these things super fast too. super fast like- Super fast. Like you'll, you'll walk by a block you haven't been down maybe in like a week or that's two. That's right, and it's and gone. It's gone. It's yeah. gone. That's what's incredible and then, too. And then like three months later, there's like a brand new building there. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Great job, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are killing it with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, should we take a break? Yeah, we'll let's do, do the that. musical share. We're all set. Okay. All right, that's right. Mega Late Show episode sixty-one with Endia Davenport. I'm gonna give an applause drop again one more time. Uh, I'm so happy. (laughs) Me too. Ah, yeah. What up? This is Mark the Clive Lowe, and you are tuned in to the Mega Late Show. It's the best podcast in Tokyo. Hope you didn't cut it off. All right, cool. What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's youngin' up in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? We gotta get that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Mega Late Show, episode 61, India, Davenport. Oh, yeah. Hello. There we go. Here we are. All right. So we are back from a short commercial break, and now we're going to go into the weather report segment of the podcast, which is the part of the podcast where we share some music, talk about some music, and then that happens. (laughs) And after that, we're going to ask her some questions about her personal taste. (laughs) <laughs> and all that stuff so uh again i'm just really happy i'm having a great conversation with y'all mm. thanks for coming through today uh i'm still bugging out a little bit that she's just chilling in the <laughs> mega reactor <laughs> Buddhist spine. 
Okay. We gotta have you sign the table as well. Oh, if you could okay. do that for us. I, I see a few signatures. Yeah, we've on got, here. got a few. I think nice. is Mark DeClivelo. Mark DeClivelo's on this. Somewhere. Uh, Marley Mall. We mm-hmm. got. We didn't get Spinner in here. We 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 did him at a Noah. Noah. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah Noah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I was actually surprised that you were like, yeah, I'll come to the, uh, you know, I'll come to Where's EK Bukuro. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we'd be like, yo. Oh well, we didn't bring it up. I don't know if it's okay to mention, but you, you said you do some activities out here? Oh, sometimes? yeah. Sometimes, um, which I, was... In Bukuro. Like. In, in Bukuro, yes. Um, we actually, I was asked to share my experiences. Uh, initially, it was also to assist myself with public speaking. Mm. And it turned into being such a great, rewarding master class series. And so, a few years ago, I wanted to create, I'm like, well, I, if I'm spending time here, I wanted to create something where I can offer um, students or people of music or vocal performance. Hmm. So I, I started this kind of a master class strictly, uh, strictly only for Japan. Oh, really? Yeah, strictly just for Japan. Because I felt also there's so many amazing musicians here, but I saw... I felt like the vocalists were struggling and that had a lot to do with enunciation, pronunciation, pitch, and that sort of thing. So obviously I have quite a bit of experience up my sleeve. So I did something like a nine-week course once a week and uh, master classes. And that's also one of the things that we you know that can be provided in the services here you you know ikebukuro is the first city in tokyo that is an international arts and culture Mm. um city which means that they place a emphasis Mm -hmm. on uh creating spaces creating spaces for artists and creative types to um to work out here and they're Mm. trying to bring more people in in fact there is a committee of like um 1200 artists mm. who are cultural ambassadors here mm. in 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 Ikebukuro or I should say Toshim, Toshimaku mm. and um, yeah I'm I, I'm going to be one of those guys soon oh, and Lady and I are trying to put together some kind of cultural things for the community out here and okay. hopefully those things will happen more uh, maybe by next year but you know you you doing that out here is uh, it doesn't surprise me oh, uh, yeah. to have that type of energy in Ike Bukuro. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we need that. We, I, you know, I think uh, since they're an art and culture community, they also place a huge emphasis on multiculturalism. Okay. And uh, my wife actually works for the city and she works in that division mm. and just trying to get more people of color, mm. people from other countries to uh, integrate more easily mm-hmm. into uh, Japan. and. Mm-hmm. Ike Bukuro is trying to be the center of that for oh, Tokyo. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, please keep me posted on that. Yeah. You know, keep us posted to, to mm-hmm. see if there are certain things that you might be able to contribute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody of your talent and expertise, I feel like you, if you didn't even want to make music anymore, you could probably <laughs> do that type of thing full time out here. I could do I, that full time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Even if like, I didn't want to. Yeah. Sometimes I take a special time to just be create my own thoughts and not do music. Like some people are singers and they sing every day. Mm. I am not one of those people. You sing in the shower a lot. I am not one of those people. That's I mean. I'm just not one of those people. Uh, We didn't touch on this before, but do do you remember your first like creative output or aspirations like from childhood? 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, was it was it singing? Mm-mm, it was dancing. I mean, I used to really, you know, the show Fame. Yes. yes. I wanted to Where be forever. That was my I, I should have never everything. even tried to sing a little bit even around her. That was everything mm. for me. Debbie Allen, I wanted to be Debbie mm. Allen. And that was the singing, dancing, and the acting. And then some teacher or something said, well, you're going to have to choose which one are you going to do. Because I was acting also. Mm. And um, I even have, like, television, this show, like, this uh, show in, Los a- in L.A. And I was, uh, I was on the TV show. It was called Too Hip for TV. But it was put in the wrong time slot. And it was very a part of like the subculture. It was sort of like a cross of MTV and Saturday Night Live, but Mm. funky, like eccentric people. And it was at the wrong time slot. Like it should have been like at 11 o'clock on a Friday night or like a Saturday night. And it was like on at like, I don't know, nine in the morning on Saturday morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, why did they have to watch. And it'd be like the Chili Peppers, <laughs> you know, like different funky yeah. people wow. would be on there. It was, the, yeah, or watching cartoons, like seriously. So the, it was on NBC, and so I didn't. You were I you were on this television. Out. How long mm-hmm. did it? How many episodes or whatever did you Maybe guys? Like seven. You think or these eight? are on YouTube? Have you ever I don't seen? No, I've the last tried time you saw to these? look around for a while. I don't have all the footage. I don't know. Local to L.A. Local L.A. It was shot in a bowling alley, and then it was like you remember Angeline? You remember the lady? She's like a kind of a subcultural icon in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> like no. she drives a pink Cadillac around Hollywood. Yes, that lady. She's <laughs> a famous. Blonde. Yes, not that you yes. mentioned it. Yeah, she. You know, she's they like were, on billboards. Yeah, and everything. she's on billboards and she drives a pink um, Corvette or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Like they'll have like quirky characters. Mm. It was a real quirky show, oh, and wow. but I don't. I'm know. sure you're like, uh, not even. I'm, I'm gonna say something that's gonna sound stupid. I'm sure there's like some people on some forums talking about this show and you being on it like completely unrelated to your music they're just like oh you remember this show we used to love yeah. this show yeah but it was I'm, I don't know it's cult LA stuff yeah yes definitely but I don't you know it's just a shame though it could have been like a really good one another one of those I, like too hip for before TV. your too time hip for TV yeah it was, it was before, before the time before the time was yeah. re- people were ready for it too hip that's exactly what it, it what it is too hip for TV you yeah. about to look it up on YouTube Mm. I don't know if they would have that, it. That, that's uh, interesting. I don't that sounds know. like a deep cut. It does. I've never heard of it before. What what part of Los Angeles were you living in? Hollywood. Oh, okay. I'm Hollywood not too girl. familiar. Well, Hollywood. I was. I would visit my aunt in Inglewood, and it was on 84th and Budlong, oh, which yeah. is like Vermont <laughs> know in Manchester. You I know. know where yeah. About it. Yeah, like right down the street from the uh, the Great Western Forum. Oh, okay. Because they just yes. call it the Forum. The now, Forum, yeah, it's just the Forum. And they painted it red, too. No, they didn't. Did yeah, they? it was like red. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah. Well, it used to be, it, it was white for so yeah. long. Yeah. I That's guess so they couldn't crazy. get away with it in the 90s. You know, all the gang violence. <laughs> Bloods be out there. <laughs> yeah. That was a whole yeah. other issue. Like in oh, LA man. at that point. Oh, my God. I remember, you couldn't go places. Like, they wouldn't let you into some places if you had like Raiders gear on. All or right. If you were wearing like blue or red, or red exactly. or something. Yeah. Oh, my God. That reminds me a long time ago. And I think it was a Long Beach Arena or something. And, um,. It was a uh, who was like Houdini. It was this crazy car, Run DMC concert. 
It was like Run DMC, Houdini, maybe, I don't know if the Beastie Boys were on that, but there was a crazy violent, like, uh, gang war right in the middle of this concert. And it was the freakiest thing. You couldn't go in, you couldn't go out. And it was like like a line of fire, like the the um, the gangs when they were, and, and you know when they're you're up in the in, in the uh, you know the nosebleed, yeah, the, 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 yeah, yeah. Balcony. the, ra- the Thank you. That's oh, the, the yeah. Ra- yeah. Um, every time that the gangs would roll through, the fire it would look like fire and people's shoes and oh, everything. Wow. <laughs> Like flying Yo. up just as the, that's called a Los Angeles wave. Lo- Los Angeles was rough. That was back rough. Then. It that was, was a crazy. scary place. It was crazy. And now I hear like Inglewood is super gentrified and just <laughs> like I don't remember it like that. I remember getting my shoes stolen from the pool and you know like oh, man yeah buying bootleg CDs from the liquor store. See, and I don't miss you know? like any of that. <laughs> you know. Nah, I, nah, I, I, nah. I just, I can't. Yeah. I, just, I, I definitely don't miss gang culture at all. No, I don't that miss anything. Rough. Or getting stopped by the police. Yeah. You know, I that's the most, that's the scariest thing on earth. Do they not bother stopped. you out here? Yeah. Stopped by the police, yeah. I've been stopped by the police here. <laughs> I actually, last year I had a really good year, but before that I got stopped like six times yeah. in like six months. Nobody's bothered me. Nobody bothered me last year. It's been a couple months, years, but I remember at one time. I mean, maybe they were just cracking down and making sure, like, foreign people. Yeah. I don't know. You they know, ain't but got I, nothing else to do, so they're just like, all right, I, today we're just That's the funny thing. There's yeah. nothing for them to do. No. That's good. There I mean, there are things for them, for them to, to do, do, but apparently mm. they don't focus on those things. You know? Okay. Yeah. So. Oh. <laughs> what, what part of Atlanta are you from? Um, Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> like, <laughs> like which, like which neighborhood? Because uh, a lot, of, a lot of times when I'm when people are like, "Oh, I'm from Atlanta," and then when you say, "Oh, me too," and then we go like, That's right. "Actually, uh, I'm from Jonesboro," or uh, we're from uh, Douglasville or Snellsville, or some people are like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm right there on Piedmont." I had go. different moments of my Atlanta experience. I had different times. It's as as you change when you're, you know, when you're growing up mm. and your music tastes evolve. So different points and different stages, I was at different places, you know. Uh, and also when my parents were professors, they um, that would have been outside the city, suburb. Mm. And then most of the time like yeah i was i did live on piedmont at one time and i lived in little five points before it was the way that it is now i suppose how how do you feel about the way that it is now oh it's a little commercial for my taste all the all the rich (laughs) cultural places get a little too commercial it wants to be funky but it seems to be kitsch i heard it was authentic i heard it was funky like i never really got because my parents also live in like suburbs Mm -hmm. so i never really got into atlanta until like late high school and Mm -hmm. after i started driving back home in university Mm -hmm. so by the time i got the little five all the like stuff was gone coolness i mean things were still there like moody's records and like some of the shops and things were still there but like the vibe and the scene was like different you know well even before that i know what you're talking about that record store moves me before all of that was what i'm talking about yeah exactly music i don't even know about that yeah that was really some very authentic but you know that's the whole thing about 
authenticity or kitsch you know one is mm. and you know one is one and one is the other mm. and it loses its value sometimes it's a thin line between it but yeah definitely but it i don't know so i but the authentic people usually notice if it's authentic or yeah you can tell it's almost like they used to be like oh is that person a poser or is it for Mm -hmm. (laughs) how much (laughs) cultural capital does this person even in (laughs) tokyo it's funny like you can kind of see it happen sometimes like certain neighborhoods yeah or like even like a venue or like a spot like um is anybody here closely affiliated with Trump Room or anything? No. No. Uh, I've never been there, actually. I mean, I've d- we've DJed there. He's done a lot of things. Well, but I'm not. It's okay. Trump, like, when I first got here, <laughs> like, that was, like, the spot. We were going there almost every weekend. People were doing events there all the time. Mm. And I don't know what happened. It was just, like, two, one or two years ago, it was just, like, Oh, this place is different now. Like yeah, it, it doesn't have that same kind of energy. Mm. Yeah, and then like the crowd was like kind of oh, like it's kind of mm. oh, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like been Republicans there or like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like a lot of young French French people. Students. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I noticed that French people are here. Is that right? I, yeah. I I've got one French buddy, but he's not out here like that. He's no, well, at he's home they are with the here. video games. Yes, that's you know? okay, but no, but they are here. I don't have a problem, big problem with that. I think, uh, I mean, I spend a lot of time in France. I have a lot of friends there, and and having having from coming from, I guess, a bit of a French background to a certain degree mm. as far as heritage. So I don't, I don't have a real issue with that. Mm. I don't. I listen to French radio all the time. <laughs> so, uh, but me, it's like really funky stuff they playing. Favorite I, radio station out there. I find that I just don't like uh, know enough about some of the cultural nuances that come with people from different countries. Like <clears throat> to me, it's like some things are just oh, you carry yourself like that. That's that's different. I'm not used to people carrying themselves like that. And I'm I'm you know I've got a really multicultural multinational group of friends mm-hmm. and i think it's great to see it all come together but i can't say that i've ever been in a venue and it'd be like all like germans or mm. all french people mm. the closest it gets to that is like going to the hub during mm. like soccer season and okay. it's like all people from like the uk or oh, something yes. like that uh-huh. but yeah i've never i don't see that too often out here in tokyo well not out here but yeah. it's interesting when you're going to their places in the world and that's all who's there yeah. and that's the that so you start to get a real understanding of the psychology of the of people mm. you know or yeah. a country or whatever it is it starts to make yeah. more sense it's like oh I I, I I i can identify with that or i understand it how have- long have you been in japan like long term Oh, well, technically five years, but I've been coming like a long time. So I imagine you've seen like a lot of things come and go like places or. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think also in our case, you know, because we don't really even though we're in Japan or I'm spending a lot of time here, we, we spend a lot of time in a lot of different places as well. So we're not always here. So, you know, it's just one of those situations, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Japan. We're all having a really good time out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> We've got some uh, some questions about Japan for you after we do the uh, musical share. 
we kind of went off on a tangent for like a good 10 minutes but that happens uh, yeah that's this that's some of the best parts of the podcast occur at those moments <laughs> should i go ahead and play my jam okay guys? all right so um the reason i'm playing this track is because i enjoy it first and foremost <laughs> but it is on um it is on ninth wonders jamla 2 uh, album, which is uh, Ninth Wonder's project, where he takes artists that are associated with him and his, I think, a record label or a production company. Um, Been artists a lot like of ninth this episode. Yeah, it, you know, and so like on this project, he does a lot of beats. There's a lot of collaborations between like Jericho Jackson, Conway, Rhapsody is of course on this, Pharrell Monch, um, just a, a JID is on, uh, Black Thought is on this, mm. but this track is by. Uh, Heather Victoria, mm. who is a singer-songwriter who's been with associated with Ninth Wonder for quite a while now. She did some work with like Sky Zoo. She's got some songs with Rhapsody, um, songs that she created with MCs on it, MCs that enlisted her to sing like The Hook or something like that. This song by Heather Victoria is called Japan. So mm. I thought it was apt okay. because we have a singer-songwriter in here, and she's a singer-songwriter, and it also says Japan. So here we go. Late. And, uh, you know, the production's handled by Ninth Wonder, who makes beats, but <clears throat> is very musical. There's a lot of live instrumentation, so it's a solid jam. Right. It's a long track. It's about six minutes. Like, uh, the first half of the track, the first movement is her singing and goes through some musical evolution, some really great vocal runs. Mm. And then the end of it is like a instrumental okay. kind of advancements and things. So, okay. Yeah. Of course, her singing ability is very high. She sounds great, but mm. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but the thing that kind of impressed me with this is the production. Like, uh, for Ninth Wonder, I'm not used to him kind of making these type of beats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's more yeah. Uh, known for his sampling. Yeah, and so this, like, uh, I don't think it samples. I think this is live instrumentation. It sounds, you know? it sounds like live instrumentation. So. Yeah. Now, I don't know much about music theory when it comes to singing. Mm -hmm. I don't recognize people singing like at the right note or whether or not things are technically good. Yeah. So when I hear it, I'm just like, oh, this sounds pretty good to me. Okay. Is this sound pretty good to you? That sounds India? lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. not familiar with Heather Victoria. Nor am I. She doesn't have a large body of work. I've just, uh, you know, I'm a Sky Zoo fan, so I initially heard her track with Sky Zoo. Which Maybe one? like... Mm, Which album? It's, it's, uh... I think it's a Lucy. I don't remember. I just heard it, though. Um, I can't remember. It's not on A Dream Deferred. It's older. It's like 2010-ish, maybe. She's been there for a while, and it seems like she's just kind of been bubbling... I don't know. She doesn't have like a solo project. Maybe it's just taking time for her to develop. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if it sounds like this, I can definitely rock with it. You know? I see. 
Yeah, this uh, this Jamla project, it's called Jamla is the Squad 2. It's got some really good tracks on there. Um, okay. You know, it's it's more it's more in tune with like a boom bap style hip hop. There's yeah. not like a lot of contemporary uh, pop hip hop sounds on it. You know, it's okay. <clears throat> it's more like a throwback to early 2000s little brother type of production as well mm. as like, you know, 90s boom bap era type of sounds. And so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess I'll just Is move it to the move. Yeah. Are Fonte or little brother on it? I don't think so. No, I don't think Fonte was on this. Big poo, I meant to say. Uh, n- no, but I mean, it's got like big crit. There's some southern artists on here too, and you know, Sir is on here. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of tracks, man. There's a Busta Rhymes track on here. It's just a good compilation of <clears throat> strong hip hop. This is the second half of the track, which is the instrumental portion, and these cats are just going off. You know, we don't gotta listen to the whole thing. Just uh, <clears throat> we put all the tracks at the end of the podcast, so you can listen to them without us speaking over them. So uh, fast forward and do that, and also go out and support Ninth Wonder and his Jamla Two project. So I guess I'll come down on that. Should I uh, should I play another track, one of yours, uh, India, perhaps? Sure, if you'd like. <laughs> see what we got here mm. how about this one? Oh yeah okay so this lead in here mm-hmm. you know what it reminds me of what's that uh janet jackson you don't know what you got oh, till it's gone oh really which which is interesting to me because Q-Tip gets the credit for producing that with mm-hmm. the Uma, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I heard was that it was JD, mm. it was Dilla that put that together. Uh. And now on this joint, Whatever You Want is the J. Dilla remix. And there's a similarity you to the production. So? But, it's, but it's actually interesting because the way the production was, I had produced it initially before Dilla got it. Mm. And then he almost literally, aside from aside from changing the drums, it almost was exact to. Mm. But so you you play you created uh, the beat. Yeah. And then okay. Well, we we I had a collection of a group of musicians, and we would work on the track. And this was I think this was done in San Francisco, and I flew them out. A lot of them were in either New York or New Orleans and I flew them out and a lot of those tracks they just kind of it's like a natural thing where you groove and find a, the, the correct parallel and then with the vocals mm-hmm. so you know but on a track like this um, would you create the musical skeleton first before you wrote the lyrics or do you have kind of your your skeleton your uh, in, in your creative process, do you usually write vocals before hearing music, or do you hear, 
hear music and then write vocals? Usually always hear music, then write vocals. Uh, inspired by the yes. compositions? Usually okay. it's that way, yes. I don't, I'm don't. i not one to just have a book of poems like some people do or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, I, I don't really, it's not my process. Mm-hmm. But I do, I think it's great to be able to you to have other musicians at the same, even if you're collaborating at that time and coming up with a nice groove. And then what comes out is what comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of how Brand New Heavies and I always worked and creating it just from the bone like that. Mm. Okay. What uh, what year did this come out in? Was it 1997, Seven. 1998, I think? Great period for mm-hmm. music. It was... Uh, <laughs> Wow. 97 was an incredible year for music. Wow. This yeah. is kind of, that was the year where, um, you know, post Telecommunications Act, <clears throat> a lot of the mainstream hip hop went popular. Yeah. And then there was this Soulquarian, Dilla type of stuff that That's kind right. of seeped in underground and was keeping mm-hmm. it funky in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is, <clears throat> this is still the jam. I miss the 90s for music. You know, I really do. It was an exciting period it for, was. for music. It was. all types of music. It's yeah. just amazing. The kind of like biodiversity mm-hmm. in sound was just like, you know, on the West Coast, you had this G-Funk. You had on the East Coast, you had like everybody from Wu to, you know, it was just yeah. like, like a, <clears throat> a tribe called Quest was implementing all of this jazz into their production and just... Yeah. You know, what an incredible era. MTV catches a lot of flack for, you know, its current status. But like back in the day, I remember watching MTV in the 90s and just being like, this is some of the coolest stuff. Like like before, you know, the total request, super popness of it. But Mm -hmm. like uh, even like the rock music that was going on, the spring break stuff. Mm -hmm. You think about something like uh, the real world. Yeah, the real world. Now, reality television dominates everything. That was like the first inklings of reality television. That's right. Right. That's right. I was there for it, too. I really got into it, it the real world. In the beginning, yeah, you know, I, I, like, I enjoyed the real world. What was it? Season two, San Francisco. Heather B was on the first season. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was man. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people have come there out of there and done really well. Mm. Actually, there's like a politician. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I can't think of his. Uh, I think from the San Francisco mm-hmm. season, a politician came out of there. Uh, as even as a child, it taught me a lot of things. Like I had no idea about like gay culture or. Right. Um, you know, the AIDS epidemic and yes. real world season two was kind of like they had Pedro on there. That's and I was right. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, when he passed away, it was kind of like, yeah. oh, this is a real thing that happens to people. Yeah. It's just really. Yeah, really. For sure. Like, it's like it's like that line of being, you know, authentic. And then as time went on, MTV crossed that line. Yeah. It became kind of kish. And yeah. I was like, that's it. But how yeah. come MTV can still get away with calling themselves MTV? They're not doing music, Branding. are they? Do they? <laughs> I, I think MTV 8 or MTV 5. They actually There's multiple MTVs that right. have. They change now. from music TV to just MTV TV. now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't watched MTV since the late 90s, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, as I play this this song by you uh, and Guru, mm. trust me, classic jam, by the way. Congratulations <laughs> on just you. being dope. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it, as it comes on on... On YouTube, it says, you know, um, 
when when Rap City was was dope, mm. and like I remember watching like the box. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know BET and right. like songs like this would play, and it was just like uh, you really felt kind of in tune to you know a subculture back mm-hmm. then. It was like in order to be hip, you kind of had to pay attention to MTV and to BET, but right, you know. Apparently VH1, the soul of Even VH1. VH1. Yeah, remember, remember pop up video? Oh yeah, like, I love pop up. It was I, funny. I I really liked pop up videos. <laughs> like you know, you find out all these random facts. That's it's right. Like, that they should bring good. that back. Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd watch it. Maybe it is back, and we just don't you know don't realize yeah. who has VH1. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, since I have this track on, can you tell us a little bit about how this video came together, or how this collaboration? You said you went to to school with uh gifted unlimited rhymes universal (laughs) uh you went to college with him and later you would uh you know work together on on this track can you kind of give us a timeline of how this came together or um you look super fly in this video too by the way thank you thank you um i guru told me that um he really because at this time i was still involved with the brand new heavies and um, I was living in London, and he flew to London to for us to re-recorded this song actually in London. There's another track uh, on the album called "When You're Near" that I also um, did with him and wrote with him. Um, but the thing of it is, he was like, "Well, the Heavy Rhyme Experience, which was the hip hop record that Brand New Heavies had done." He was like, I really, I was trying to like connect with you then, and I don't know. So it's like, so this gave me the opportunity to like get in touch with you. We did a lot of touring of, of for the Jazzmatazz Volume One, like to Rome, where hip hop is crazy hype mm. in Rome, and then you know just all Greece, just went and did a really amazing like some European tours, Phoenix festivals, and you know. Um, wow. It was a really great time. So just, um, I miss him quite a lot. He was like a brother. Rest in peace. Yes, yeah. I do miss him. But uh, but that's how that, that came about. We did it in uh, we did it in London, and it was done. Did you did you just kind of like come up with the chorus and and you know the song? after hearing his lyrics or did you guys collaborate together and be like well trust me was different trust me guru had a little bit of a melody idea for trust me and then i just filled in all the rest of all of of my parts and and the con you know a little bit of a concept and stuff but he had a little bit of that vibe now uh, or at least the uh thought about the hook the next song when you're near that was just totally just hearing his track and me just writing completely to that that's it awesome the forest gum from hip hop y'all six <laughs> degrees uh, amazing amazing career yeah. i i'm just uh, enamored by the success and all the lives that you've touched with your music this is ubiquitous i mean so many people uh, pretty much of our generation even if you didn't know who made the song you when you hear it it's like oh i know this right it's like wow thank you i i also i forgot to mention um during for my solo record um even though i thought i was attempting to create or build a production around that solo record but i got to a point i got so exhausted 
I really wanted to, I need to, I, I, I asked a friend to be in touch and let's just, let's do some stuff. And that actually was Dallas Austin. Mm. And, um, you know, obviously from so many other producers, I mean, other music. Well, it was sort of LaFace, but it was, he definitely did a lot of stuff. TL. He did TLC. A, TLC. Usher. Uh, he did a lot of stuff. Babyface, I think, maybe. Maybe, but I'm not really sure of all. But Mariah. he did. He did um, Gwen Stefani, I know. Mm-hmm. Madonna. Um, a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. I think I he's think him with. and uh, like uh, JD and Brian McKnight. No, not the singer. Another songwriter. I forgot his name, but they're all like kind of mm. ran in the same circle oh uh, yeah but you know it was there was there were several songs which is kind of funny my solo record now as in our stargazing uh world um and at that time i was talking about red moons and i have a song called underneath the red moon and you know it's when basically the the sky it just gets very very red the color or the moon changes it they had a blood red moon recently mm-hmm. so it's just ironic that like years and years before we actually are seeing these red moons we're st- i guess so mm. premonitions or hey. something sometimes you don't know what comes up comes out when you're writing or are you a a very spiritual person yeah I would say so. You're, um, I was looking at your Wikipedia page, and <laughs> we're both born uh, in the same month within days of each other. No, so we're shout not. shout out to us. We're actually not. Oh, really? No, that's why I'm saying Wikipedia is wrong. Is that right? I'm not. That's mm, trash. It is really bad. Why do they try to do that to I you? I don't wow. know. I don't know. And they keep, ch- and I keep trying to take it off, and they, it just keeps going back should, to this thing. You should write an angry letter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask for my three dollars. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm tired of supporting this. Oh. So, so I mean, my uh, speaking of speaking of bullshitting, okay. we're playing bullshitting. So Wikipedia is bullshitting. They are really. Who who else is bullshitting though? <laughs> is the uh, are the convenience stores bullshitting? What's going on? Who else is bullshitting? Well, it depends on which convenience store you oh, like. Let's go. You know, Let's sunks say. is is sunks bullshitting. Is, oh, sunks be bullshitting. I don't That's like right. sunks. Hey, I'm you heard it here fan. first. Everybody and Dia told your ass. Oh, I try to tell people, <laughs> Sunkist is just not the spot to go. It's I don't just like how not they got the spot the food to go. Out. I don't I, no. it's I hear just dull. It's like dull. I heard they started <laughs> off as a bakery and uh, then they try to dabble into being a convenience <laughs> store. But apparently they didn't have their shit together no, yet. They, they was bullshitting. They had to leave. They should yeah. leave it. They should just leave it. Hit her with the question, late. <laughs> Hit her with the question. <laughs> the most important question, <laughs> or should we say that for the last joint? No, let's do no, it now. Let's it's do already it now. <laughs> We're already on the convenience store tip. This is tremendously important to us. Okay. Right. So, we take what we consider the tier one convenience, aka convenience stores in Japan, mm-hmm. which are Seven Eleven, mm-hmm. Lawson's, mm-hmm. and Family Mart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we ask you to rank them using the classic scale of marry fuck kill i know that can be a little bit problematic but sometimes you gotta murder 
Okay. You could also just rank them if you're uncomfortable with our uh, metric. Toxic. <laughs> <laughs> our toxically masculine <laughs> approach to this discussion. It is a little one, masculine. One, two, three. Three. I'll, I'll sure. do that. Essentially, that's what we're doing. Okay. But, you know. Oh. We started this when we used to drink a lot more. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We were pretty drunk when this one came to us. <laughs> um, okay. I would say Family Mart, number one, mainly because they have Muji. A little extra accessories and stuff. Number two would be Lawson. Number three would be 7-Eleven. Mm. And 7-Eleven has like good ATM machines for international people. True. <laughs> there are no wrong answers, but actually there is the wrong answer. And you gave a correct answer. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Do, I get, a, do that, I get a little hand clap? You can have something? some more Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> This this Hawaiian this Hawaiian iced tea, iced tea is for you. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, we'll send you a T-shirt. Thank you. <laughs> once we get them made, thank you. Uh, that's you. dope. Is there anything? Uh, is there anything from back home that you miss that you don't have access to here in Japan, food wise? Food wise, mm, no, because I can pretty much make it mm. myself, um, and which I really enjoy having an opportunity yeah. to get into more cooking a little bit more domestic things that i never oh, I had time for in my other days <laughs> earlier um, days just too busy yeah. i think a lot of things are for me it's just like uh like for me this this bowl of skittles that we have is like a delicacy we just don't have <laughs> we don't have skittles out there like this you so know? you brought those from states oh yeah i had okay. those imported <laughs> <laughs> no, see I usually, that's the whole thing. Yeah, see, yeah. because we travel a lot, I can always the things that I miss. I always you gonna get back to it in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, or it's you have it imported. It's imported. That's exactly it's imported. Stuff like grits. No doubt. No doubt. No. That's doubt. just. Are you sticking. a sweet or savory grits person? No, I'm totally savory. Okay. Yeah, I don't do the healthy. Sweet grits I'm not. I can't you're, even you're get. To, what are what are eating. sweet grits? I think like people put know, sugar, sugar on them. Sugar. Uh, yeah. I never ever. You know not, how, my, not at my grandma's house. Not yeah. at ours. Either. I remember. I remember when they start. They started come out with like oatmeal that had like flavors like strawberry oatmeal. Oh yeah, or yeah, yeah. That, so that like was kind of the jam. The instant ones. I like yeah, those. Yeah, I have yeah, some yeah. of those. Yeah. I have some of those right now. Yeah. Not on me, but. Yeah, I'm a savory grits person too. Savory, yeah, I can't deal with. I don't. I'm not a sweets person, to be honest. I'll have dark chocolate, but I'm not a sweets person. I've just never you, been a sweets person. You mentioned you don't eat beef. No. As well. No. I what? Don't. What about ramen? What about your taste in ramen? You like ramen? You know a lot? what? I do not. Hmm. Reason being because I had too much, I think, in college. Oh yeah. You know those struggle, cheap, those easy. struggle meals. Yeah, it was struggle like plate. exactly. Yeah. I think I ate too much ramen and so now i won't eat ramen and then also i can't eat ramen i don't eat pork as well oh well, i don't eat beef or pork so I, I that just eliminates me from mm. the whole mm. ramen experience how I about think. your sushi game are you down with the oh sushi? yeah i'm down with yeah. the sushi now oh, all right yeah. I've, I've been down with sushi like forever for my life my whole life you, you don't you don't miss like catfish I let you, you grew up in the love, South too, right? So you was in the yeah, South. Yeah, but I didn't eat fish when I was growing up. Oh, and my God. dad also, we had a lot of family in Florida. So they would have fish for breakfast. Yeah. They would go cook 
I mean, go fishing and go have breakfast, for, you know, fish for breakfast. So I never, and I, I have a terrible reason why I didn't eat fish because I don't like eating my food and having to pick through it to get to the food. Mind detect mind. That's exactly how. Oh, I let me get. I don't have a bomb drop, but <laughs> no, that's exactly why I didn't eat fish as a kid. Like I had a I phobia about choking on a bone, and that, and too. I also just don't like to take my time with food like that. Like Mm-mm. like crawdads. Uh, what are they called? What are they called? Crawfish. Crawfish. Crawdads. Yeah, I was like, I'm not gonna. Would you want me to crack this open and try to suck it out? Like, come well, on, that's like just, lobster yeah, too, or something like that. Yeah. I don't Crab eat legs. That kind of you want to just throw a bunch of legs on my plate and give me a, a nutcracker? Yeah, I can't. Oh, I'm not doing all that. Mm-mm. I don't do. I don't eat yeah. foods like that. No, I don't like that. No, I do. If it's not. too difficult to eat, I'm I'm off that. Yeah, I just, <laughs> just I lose I mean? interest. I lose interest. So I just want to yeah. eat my food. I don't yeah. want to pick. So now I've learned how to maneuver the bones a little mm. bit with fish, but I definitely am not a fan of a bony fish. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not with those bony fish either. No. Yeah. yeah, like keep it simple, you know what I mean? Like just have a, a like a simple skeleton for me, please. And sometimes I'd be like, yo, I, I really want this uh, Saba, it's called. I don't know what it is in English. Soba? Saba. Uh, Saba. It's uh, mackerel. Is, it, is that is mackerel? It mackerel? Oh, I think fish. it's mackerel. Okay. Yeah, like when it's it broiled or like mm-hmm. salted and broiled. It's so good, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's a heck. you got to like remove a rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> Would you want me to pull the whole body yeah. out? Like, come on, man. What do I look like here? No, that's not going to be me. I can't. I can't can't do that. And then I like, I I think it's easy. Well, I have to basically prepare a lot of my own meals anyway, because I also enjoy the art of cooking. I've Mm -hmm. I've developed something and I, I enjoy eating my own food, but I don't really enjoy like eating out too much. Like okay. all the time. Like sure. I don't enjoy that. Not too much. It's nice sometimes, but because I get angry if the food isn't better than mine. Oh shit! <laughs> you want to fight? <laughs> hey, if it's not oh, better sure. than my food, yeah. I'm like gonna be very nah, disappointed. Okay. Uh, you- can Can you tell us some of the the hot spots to go visit in Tokyo with your expertise? Oh, I guess that depends on a person's taste. She already hit us with the Family Mart. You already know to check out the Family Mart. You know what I mean? Go there. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I hate, I'm such a tour guide that I don't want to do it publicly. Okay. Mm. Yeah, don't I prefer. People, you don't want to see people showing up where you at anyways. Yeah, but I'm such a tour yeah. guide privately. Have you been to friends. the Soul Food House? Absolutely. All right. Shout out to Soul Absolutely. Food House. Absolutely. Shout out yeah, to Soul really, Food House. I just want to know where I need to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Send us a link. Uh, what about your specialty? What's your specialty that you cook? Because oh. we could have a potluck. You know what I mean? We could just come together. <laughs> um, I think I make nice black eyed peas. I, mm. I make nice lentils. Mm. I like beans. Okay. Like oh, because you don't eat beef or pork, so that's where you get a source of your protein. Yeah, too. I guess so. I don't mm. think of it that way. It's just things that I like. Okay. I eat a lot of vegetables. I'm getting into beans recently. Yeah, beans. You mean beans? <laughs> yeah. I'm not much of a beans person. You know, like <laughs> Yo, refried beans, stuff like that. I, don't know, I just don't do it. I, I've moved into a tr- traditional Mexican diet recently. Uh, Is I'm buying a- corn tortillas <laughs> and beans. <laughs> refried beans? Yeah, man. Some jalapenos. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I like greens. You like natto? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely hey, we're, not. We're on the same level with a lot Absolutely of things here. Not. I like that. Absolutely yeah. not. I will. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, I, I don't like, I don't like either. okra either, though. I don't eat. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Even, you know, Popeye's got okra. I'm like, I'm off that. Why is it slimy? It's yeah, fried like and slime. slimy. Yeah, I don't like uh, Yeah, and the How you going to be fried mm-hmm. and slimy? Like, that seems like it just, like, it shouldn't happen. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. But, you know, it's almost like I don't trust okra or something. It did something wrong to you it. in the past? No, I just never. I, it, it's like even the same with runny eggs. Like, I don't oh, trust it. See, it doesn't mean I, like I'm being paranoid, like something's going to happen to me if I eat the, the it just yeah. doesn't not look like okra. trustworthy food. It's almost blaspheme in the South. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. My I, stepdad's from the South, so he likes okra, but I just never. I'm not on good. okra, but it's just like so embedded in me. Like, oh, yeah, I know about that. You'd really? vote for it if it was on the ballot. <laughs> just like, I'm not sure what the other candidates I'll do it for got free, going. okra. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I don't know what the other candidates got going, but I know I could trust okra. I think I, I, I even when I was growing up, I didn't eat tomatoes. Like I didn't eat, and now that seems I, blasphemous. I, I, to I don't me. like raw tomatoes. To this you day. got like a texture you like. Yeah, I think so. Mm. But now I love tomatoes. Mm. I, I I utilize. I live by. I could bathe in tomatoes. You you and tomatoes just be kicking it <laughs> inside the house. I yeah, enjoy it. I really I like that. But I'm not. I'm, I'm specific about food, but I'm not at the same time. You you know, I, I ended up eating a lot of foods that I didn't like growing up just because I didn't want to embarrass myself by saying I didn't eat them. Somebody <laughs> go out and somebody has like wild avocados or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't like them when I was a kid, but I would eat them just so I wasn't the picky eater at the table, oh. you know. And so like I got a lot of foods like that. Like oh. you wouldn't know I didn't like it because I'm just trying to be an adult and, and not be picky about I my see, shit. I yeah, see. But I'm a very picky eater. I am. I, I I didn't like artichokes when I was growing up, but now I appreciate them. I appreciate I appreciate goat's like... cheese. Oh, uh, what is that? Feta? Feta cheese? Goat That's cheese? another feta. Uh, okay. Feta is feta. Goat's okay. cheese is isn't that is it the same i'm not sure i, I don't mean know. we better google my that cheese can we google yeah, my that? cheese game is kind of weak my cheese game is wild <laughs> weak, man i know like people be like cheddar like i i'm like cheddar is not american like what is american cheese then? <laughs> yeah we have to google that one i better find, find yeah, that one out feta cheese uh brine curd white cheese made in grease from sheep's milk or goat's milk. So or yeah, it is like either a, one. But maybe I it's it's so. because it's brined. It's more curd. Uh huh. It could be different. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Because when I taste the goat's milk, goat's cheese, got a different. It's yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's nice. It's like it suits you know. Okay. It's comfortable. You put it on like a salad. No, just eat it. Oh yeah. See, I don't. I don't. See, you're more worldly than I am, apparently, because I don't just be sitting down eating a piece of cheese. That's a little strange to me. Like cheese and crackers. I'm like, can I get a cheese burger? I've been kind of on that too. I'm so trash. Like my food tastes like I'm. I'm telling y'all, I eat like ramen from packets in the states and shit. At uh, the Tokyo store out here, you can buy like a little goat cheese pack it's like spanish cheese oh, mm. yeah that's you nice. you like three little slices and you just eat that straight up and down you just eat that straight up and down <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like someone was like uh <laughs> yo what is going on with this equipment man it's, it's so trash you know man. supposedly all the planets are aligned for from the from uh the sep- what's today's date as we 19th? record, it's the 19th. Okay, the 17th it started. The 17th it started. And mm-hmm. supposedly, 
who knows like if this has ever happened or if, if it, it must have happened millions gazillions of years ago mm. but all of the planets are aligned <laughs> at this very time until like the 21st oh man so why this thing is doing this it could have all kind of like effects sure. of the magnetic magnetic yeah. electromagnetic okay. energy and okay. why you know and it would affect electronics okay. a little bit okay. so that could be what it is it is doing it like sometimes we'd be having issues you know what i mean but but it is doing a little something different this time yeah, yeah? it is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it could be me sometimes light lamp posts go out when i walk past you know mm. have you ever <laughs> no my brother like that? got that type of energy my girl would love to do your tarot reading oh she would gosh. love to do that oh my you don't goodness. mess with the tarot really no mm. what about really, the, the what about the chicken bones what's what is that throw the chicken bones, <laughs> voodoo? Chicken bones. is that voodoo, that oh, voodoo, that voodoo. <laughs> i didn't know that one. i'm not I don't know, sure man. i'm not familiar I'm not, with that i'm not one. hip on it like that like that doesn't really i'm not I got family in florida too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well let, let's hit her with the unchangeable what other questions we got who's your favorite mc do you Ooh. have a favorite mc Depends on like, you mean alive or dead? Oh, <laughs> past, I mean past, present, or past? Uh, I would say, oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> <sighs> my favorite MC, MC or beat maker? Either or, actually, I don't mind. Just I would like to get hip hop, hip hop, hip hop beat maker. Yeah, I would say maybe Madlib. Hey. Maybe as mm. far as beat maker, I uh, like his raps too. Not the Quasimodo voice, but his regular, uh-huh, rap, regular voice. rap. Yeah, I, I like him too. I like both of Yeah, I'm maybe. not a Quasimodo guy. I don't like the the weed head voice. Like it's a little too much for me in large doses. Um, I know I'm overlooking someone, but it's just like I'm thinking of. Let, let's narrow it down. Some favorite member of the Wu Tang Clan. Hmm. Um, God, you're getting me with. <laughs> Let me see. I guess. Um, you seem like a method man type of. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Inspector Dead. You got. I have worked bastard. with You God. Is that though. right? I have done. Shout out stuff. to You God. He, he doesn't get a lot of love. He doesn't I, get I, a lot of love, love right? Yeah. He doesn't. You know. He wrote, he wrote a book, uh, like last year, or the year before. I've been waiting to pick up. Like his, I see his tell-all story. He has some spicy things to say about the RZA on that too. I see. Know. I see. I see. I was on the same label with uh, RZA, at U2. I mean, at a V2. Oh. He okay. was on. Um, G Street. G Street, and that was all linked together. So. Um, but but keep going. You still uh, want to the RZA? Huh? Master Killer? Uh-uh. Jizza. The RZA? Uh-uh. RZA? Uh-uh. Raekwon the Chef? Uh-uh. Ghost, Ghost Face, Face Killer. Killer? Ghost. There it is. You're with the Ghost? Yeah, I'm with the Ghost. He has the strongest catalog, I feel. He has the strongest numbers, probably, yeah. in this poll. Yeah. yeah. And I he think seems sensitive. He does have a lot of kind of like love ballad type of joints. Been a little time. If you want to call him that, they're a little yeah, bit toxic. Sensitive. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> he just seems sensitive mm. and, um, and nice guy. Nice mm. guy. He, go ahead. No, I was gonna say my perception of him uh, as a as a kid. I saw him as like a larger than life superhero type of figure. Oh. But eventually, I saw him on a dating 
like a like a love television show See, like, I a, told you, like a celebrity hospital like like celebrity relationship rehab or something mm-hmm. and and the way that he would talk love about that maybe, right? it, no it wasn't love and hip-hop it was like something equal and similar but different okay they were actually at a facility for like counseling oh, okay and it turned out to be like his side chick that he was on the show with and his like real girlfriend or wife was like elsewhere and some of the things that he just did on that show i was like i thought you were supposed to be god body i thought you were supposed to be an adult and it just really ruined my perception of him as a as a an adult like a a man a like an intelligent man i don't know him in that manner Um, I think I'm basing that on just general creativity or sensitivity. Yeah, I don't know I mean, him he, in that, that Of area. all of the Wu members, he's definitely had the most output as well as songs about relationships mm-hmm. and about those type of things. And also maybe the most personal type of tracks. He's very like uh, all that I all that I got is you. Uh, that song is super emotional and personal. So, mm. Ghostface is great. Yeah. No wrong answers. Yeah. No wrong answers when it comes to people liking members of the Wu Tang Clan. Sure. I think all of their <laughs> artistry is just nice. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. What other unchanging questions do we have late? Uh, outside of hip hop, or not just considering hip hop, who was your favorite artist when you were 15? Oh. That would probably be Donna Summer. Ooh, maybe you did Donna like Summer. disco. I did. She's I mean, I, because of the dance thing that I was really into dance, and um, and then the, the the again that's when the electric thing started kicking in. When di- disco or radio stations, you know, they used to have like the AM stations, like the fuzzy noise, and like a lot of the hip hop um, state. Uh, uh, radio stations were on the AM stations mm-hmm. or even like soul music pop yeah. music was on the AM stations so then when they switched over to FM all the the, the, the sonicness of, of it just everything just got clear mm-hmm. you really know, clear I was watching um, Paris is Burning oh yes recently mm-hmm. yes and there's this scene where they're like on the pier and they're listening to the radio and this song comes on and I was like, yo, this sounds amazing. Like, it's some crazy song I've never heard before. Like, the DJ's kind of scratching on it. But I guess that's just what they used to do on the radio in uh, in New York at the time because it, it's a super famous song. Like, it's a song Biggie sampled before, but I just, I couldn't recognize it because it sounded kind of fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, scratching on it a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. man, I can't remember it exactly. Speaking of great songs, I like this song, like Foreign Exchange. Oh, yeah. It's a nice track. I was so excited when they came out. But anyway, to finish that thing, it's like that that first little touch of electricness. Mm -hmm. Like disco seemed to have come into play in my mind because, um, and Donna Summer was a part of that, that whole transfer over to like dance, Mm -hmm. which is like kind of was an extension of gospel Mm -hmm. that was went into dance music with the beats under Mm -hmm. it. And it just took it to another degree. Uh, like more high fidelity recordings yeah, were high starting fidel- to emerge exactly. and so the, the sound quality was 
incredible. I, we had um, Brooklyn Terry on here talking about the club scene in the 80s and mm-hmm. how like you would go to the hip hop club and things sounded kind of dirty and grimy. But if you went to the clubs that were playing house music, mm-hmm. the, the sound quality and the music equipment was just so much more uh, vibrant. And yeah. so it really created uh, an atmosphere where people wanted to dance, yes. and wanted to dress nicely and, and <laughs> that type of thing. So, right. Yeah. yeah Whether well, Summers. Donna Summer, I mean, also her vocal ability, oh, yeah. the the range was really incredible. And, you know, I don't give her enough credit because I definitely feel she was really influential on my life, you know, and my approach to vocals. I mean, obviously, you know, Michael Jackson had a huge impact on, on me. It did a lot of kids at that time. But um, definitely Donna Summer, unsung hero of mine. And uh, I want to start giving her a lot more props. Nice. You know, we, we actually it. have a question. Um, if you were to uh, create or uh, have a movie come into production about anybody in music history, mm. whose biopic would you like to see? Would that be Donna Summers? Uh, a well, really good film about her? Supposedly, there is one in production oh. or starting to be about Donna Summers. So I can't mm. vote on that one. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, technically, we're speaking of somebody else. I mean, otherwise, yeah. okay. Um, I mean, I'd be down to see your film too. Well, I was, but, I, I was gonna say, I have a, a storyline that <laughs> it's like people wouldn't wouldn't even believe. You know, it's almost the type of. There's been great things that, of course, have happened in my life, but there have been some challenging ones too that motivates it. in order to continue to keep going on you know a lot of people don't realize too there there's certain pauses that have been in my musical expression Mm -hmm. but a lot of those times you know due to the 9-11 in new york city i lived up two blocks from the world trade center experiencing those types of things also having a home at the same time in new orleans and right before hurricane katrina Katrina, but i still lost a lot certain important documents as i had just moved away from new orleans Mm. so you know and 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 dealing with realities of of an ill parent Mm -hmm. you know those types of things that puts reality right in check and it it helps you get a a perspective on life you know Mm. even dealing with challenges with you know bandmates all this type of stuff so i think but this is what makes a the character of a life And having different things, if you stop and take the time to like, okay, I need this time out for myself in order to reformulate my my thoughts or my processes. Or, and I think that, you know, coming here helped, us, helped me in order to engage with myself again to be able to want to create. Why from wherever I can remotely do work with people, mm-hmm. wherever, Spain, England, wherever it is. But it helps all those, I think, rough those challenges help to rejuvenate something else in, in, inside you mm-hmm. in order to project something out, you know. Sounds like a very incredible journey. I think they should do, somebody's got to do a buy-off on me, <laughs> on my story. Who would you want to play you? That's the tough part. Um, um, Carrie Washington. Carrie Washington might be able to do it. So people have told me that I we remind each other. That I guess they've worked with them, and for some reason I'm like, yeah, you kind of remind me sort of like a Carrie Washington, similar kind of. I can see it. 
What about like uh, what's her name? Taraji P Henson. I think she's too edgy. Well, yeah. she could do it. She, mm, but she might be a little. She might be able to. Yeah, maybe. I think recently she started to widen her range. Yeah. She more. was was what was that film about the uh, the black women of NASA? Wasn't she in that yeah, one? Yeah, she was in that. Yeah. That was she, great. She was pretty. She pretty was great. Woman. Yeah, she might be able to. She could probably so, do it. Some reason though, like she it's not that she's typecast, but she played that baby boy role so, so well that she I was always so, see think her, of her in that Me light, too. you know. Me too. And she's in hustling flow too. Right? Yeah, That's she right. did play she yeah. played That's real it. rough position in hustle and flow too with the snotty nose and all that so yeah she's an excellent actress though she's excellent at what she does but you know she was really sweet and also she was sweet in uh what's that benjamin button remember that yeah the the reverse aging yeah okay yeah she was she was sweet in that but she was like an old black lady worked at a in the the house Mm -hmm. i mean uh, something you know what i mean i've been seeing that since it came out i think it's a good movie is it it's a really good movie I'm not Forrest a big Gump-esque. movie For, Oh, is that right? <laughs> but not quite there. It's like three it, degrees from almost, Forrest Gump. Almost, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's sweet. Uh, it's a sweet uh, movie. But uh, but yeah, um, let me see. Aside from my biopic, you know who I'd be interested? There's a couple of people I thought about. One would be Nina Cherry. Do you know Nina Cherry? I Buffalo girl. You no. know it's English. Damn, that's feel, an English thing. Okay. I feel, I feel but, trash. But her, I was like, how do I know this? <laughs> that's one person. Because her thing goes into deepness with... Um, but it, she would be considered an MC. Okay. But she's done mm. a... Reworked her system. And also, she was one of those first younger artists that was very, very successful and also had to face... I mean, she didn't have to face it. She chose her pregnancy while she was on her her main stage of her mm. career um in the beginning of the career and it was just such a fresh approach like what she what she how she um how she, yeah how and... she carried herself and also her history being also uh, um linked with Nigeria mm. also raised in Sweden but also linked with New York cuz mm. i think her mother was like a a, a famous artist and her father was Don Cherry Okay. Step five. So it was like a really rich upbringing. An interesting story. An interesting yeah. story. But also, I'd like to, I wouldn't mind seeing the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a really yeah. interesting, yeah. Um, you know. Their their career story. trajectory is really interesting as well. You mm-hmm. know, start off punk, change hip hop. That's right. I just don't know who could play Activist. them, though. That's the only thing. It's I one know, of those. It's one of those things where it's just, you know. Sorry for the technical malfunctions, everybody. It's a planet. Yeah. yeah. India, India is it putting is. off magnetic waves. I'm going to blame it on her. Yeah. It's a lot more me. than usual. Yeah. Like, even my yeah. stuff. I'm telling kinda... you, though, I've been in studios yeah. and the thing, the board, it just, especially yeah. when I was working on the solo record. The yeah. board and I would come and the board it just would stop. I yeah. believe in energy, man. It yeah. would stop. Well, my brother Sad is like that. Like electronics, they just don't want to function correctly around him. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. just got that. I believe in that. Uh huh. Um, I I have one more question, late. Do you have any anything else? My question for you: You mentioned that you're a huge fan of Michael, MJ. Mm-hmm. 
they got that documentary coming out, which is maybe going to be interesting mm-hmm. talking about Michael. Um, but on a lighter note, favorite Michael album. Favorite ooh, album. that's a tough one. It would be ooh, that's a tough one. Maybe maybe give us your top three. Top ben three okay. soundtrack. The Ben soundtrack. Hey, <laughs> Ben is a jam. Ben, actually. it's that awesome. I've never liked that song. <laughs> I, you don't I, like I, that I song? I love that song. I love yeah. that song. Too. The video too, with the brats just running around <laughs> and stuff, and Michael's all in the blue backdrop, you know, hitting them notes. I like that. I know, right? Yeah. Um, definitely on off the wall. That's number one for me as well. Off the wall. Um. What's the one? Um, you know the one with Thriller on it. Is it the thriller. name of it? Thriller. thriller. Yeah. Off the wall. Thriller. <laughs> thriller. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll say there's a record. Um, uh, looking through the window. It's a rare record. Looking through the window. Mm. Looking through the window. Ah, ooh, looking through the window. I don't know. Is that like on the Wiz soundtrack? Ooh. I don't know that one. You killed that shit though. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, uh, it's got to be off the wall, thriller, and then bad. You think so? For me. It was so many earlier ones that I just can't. I mean, I'm not really counting like the Jackson Jackson 5. So maybe I'm. Off the wall is where he kind of exploded. Yes, of course. To me, that got more of like, the songs that I want to hear. Like Thriller, it's too associated with like Halloween to me. Yeah. And, but like off the wall, like rock that with was you. Jam like, in. If 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 that comes on, like I don't care what my mood was earlier. I'm gonna feel good for the three, four minutes that it plays. Yeah. So I'm gonna yeah, go with that. Brilliant, brilliant yeah. record. I mean really brilliant. And the he, video was live he, too with the disco back like the lights. Oh yeah, in the oh yeah, that whole, just dancing <laughs> See, it's that electric thing. Yeah. That's the whole vibe of what yeah. I mean what I'm coming from shit. with that. But you know, he did when, even when they were in he was in the Jackson Five he did some solo records. He did, a, and I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. And it's not the Ben one. It's another one. Music and Me. That's the name oh, of really? it. I'll t- that's the one I'd like to be my third instead of may, uh, uh, looking through the window. Okay. I mean, maybe tomorrow, whatever. But yes, okay. it's um, that's, that's a great. The jam. That's, that's a the nice, jam right there. That's a nice one. All right now. Music and Me. Mm. Did you have like a silver glove like Michael? You know, no, you try I to didn't. set it off with no, the silver glove. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> and nor did I. Nor did I have a Jerry curl. Uh, hey, did do you remember uh, Pick and Save? Yes, I do. Right, Pick and Save. I picked up like a Michael Jackson like <laughs> set that had like a fedora, <laughs> and then had like the silver glove. It's sort of like the one yeah. hundred yen shop. Yeah, pick it and was. Save. It was. It was like the food for less. The yeah. like the dollar store, <laughs> dollar, the store. dollar tree exactly. before dollar. Before dollars, yeah, people used to clown like, "Oh, you got your food from Pick and Save," and it's like, "Yes, I did." <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's rough out here. My mom's on Wick. <laughs> word. Um, I I don't have any more questions. We've been recording for quite a while. I know y'all probably want to eat. Do we have anything else late? I got two more. Okay. okay. What is your theme music when you walk <laughs> yeah. into a room for a fight? No, uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, just the you theme. know what I think though. You know. I don't know if you remember the st- series Batman. Like na 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 like here I come here. Oh, you're gonna hit us with the pow? Pow, yeah, with the bonk. Yeah, 
I think so. I think okay. it's Batman. But I liked Batgirl and I liked mm. Catwoman. Mm. You know, well, you know, yeah. I liked it, you know, I like and I like the the whole drama of the costumery. Are you into uh, <laughs> are you into like uh, comic book characters and stuff like that? A little but not modern day enough. Okay. I do have an associate that does a lot of the comics for uh the, um, Marvel, or Marvel, okay. yeah, does does a lot, and it, I think it's just phenomenal how person is created there. Do you career. watch a lot of like modern contemporary films, like like you know new Marvel movies or Netflix type of stuff like that? Um, well, I did see Black Panther. Shout out to Black Panther. But I saw it on the plane. Wow. Like I'm not one of these people that goes yeah. to the movies. We. We had a posse. It was like forty of us. You and know, you went really? here, and well, you know, like I see. You know, the the the, the black community out here. Sometimes we I come see. together for some real dope stuff, like Black Panther. Shalice was there. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, Aphrodite. You mean she's a homie? People here in yeah, yeah. in the Japan. You mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think I know. She'd be singing her ass off too. She's a uh, a new singer songwriter, a young okay. a young uh, a young lady who uh, she's been on our podcast a couple of times. She's a friend of the show and a friend. Okay. So she's really dope too. Okay, cool. I, I imagine you guys will cross paths at some point if oh. you guys are all in the cool happening spots. So maybe. So. Word up. Maybe so. Next question. Do you have someone that you look up to and would consider your senpai? Mm. But this person doesn't know you Or you don't know if they know you mm-hmm. But if you found out that they were like Oh I love you It would like fill you with joy um, If Patty LaBelle was like That's my girl Which of your senpais would oh, you like you to be Patty acknowledged LaBelle? by I have met Patty See LaBelle. she knows everybody This question is impossible oh, yeah, like, um, Who don't you know that you look up to That you would love to get recognition from can that be more than one group? Can it be a group of people? Oh, sure. I, you know who I, I admire, and sometimes I know they. You know who I, I admire fans, people that have appreciated me or followed my career. Um, so they're sort of the people I, I think of. I think of when I do this, mm. when I do this type of work such a professional she answer. is a real one yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she's done this before <laughs> you got media training <laughs> i told you how to talk to people like us <laughs> us idiots here <laughs> if they say anything about family mart <laughs> divert the question to chicken <laughs> yo media training is a crazy thing it's it, obviously it's, it's mm. pretty crazy but i do i appreciate fans i appreciate people that have appreciated me supported me and there's a lot of people that you know i'm not one of those people that is the most social on social media yeah. but it's interesting though to have a concert and everyone is looking at likes or how many likes you have but then at my concert and maybe you know because i'm not so invested but then coming to the concert the show is sold out so it's kind of interesting you know i i don't believe in like oh you can own this person is only or if they have a record out or i know i don't have a current record that i'm promoting Mm. but um but it's just nice to know that those fans they want to hear more and they want to support what it what it is that you know I'm I'm into or whatever. You know, um, as I was pre- preparing for um, this recording today, 
I was going back and listening to a lot of your music, and mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Dream On Dreamer oh, yeah. on YouTube. And mm-hmm. looking at the YouTube comments, I came across this one um, by a person. It said, my mother passed away on May 6, 2016, mm-hmm. and this was her favorite song. Oh. Makes me think about her so much and brings back good memories. Oh. And, you know, to your testament as artistry you've touched so many people and so for you to give an answer back saying that you know your senpai is are the fans that's you that's really just a beautiful thing i just appreciate them you know and i've been really fortunate because a lot of my fans are they just seem like my friends like i have we have different things interesting in common. Um, I have nice, very nice fans, you know. I'm sure there are probably some strange sure. <laughs> people like it in anything, but I can say most generally they're very interesting and very intriguing, the types of people that are attracted to what I do, at least at this stage of up to this point, you know, that still want to, like, be closer. But it's I'm a little removed until i'm ready to represent again mm-hmm. and um i really appreciate that in in people i like i like that mm. perfect perfect i think we're Set ready to get there? out of here yeah yeah uh do you want to do the weather forecast weather here or let them take off i know you must be hungry we killed all the snacks and stuff <laughs> all the snacks is gone all the skittles you know <laughs> what i mean I think you had more of the Skittles. Hey, uh, you know, that's I'm tight yeah, with the Skittles. Yeah, they're really gone. Yeah. I see. I don't know if I got some more snacks if I want to eat snacks, no, but I'm sure. No, it's okay. Yeah. Well, before uh, I start talking about upcoming events and things, do either of you have something coming up that you want to promote? Yeah, or maybe a friend show that's coming up that you'd be interested in telling our listeners about here? Um... Depending on when this airs, I suppose. This will be out next Friday, which is the 24th? 24th? 25th? 25th, no, 20, maybe. 25th? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, there's a nice... Like, you asked earlier about um, places around Tokyo, and I said I didn't want to be the host pub- publicly. But there is a very interesting event um, that is at a place called Base Camp in... Um, kind of Rapungi area and um, my partner here does a very nice event it's called One Night Only mm. and we collect it's like an art collective and invite different artists that are around the city um, it may be within music within um, photography you know all that sort of mashup oh, no. of, of yeah. a collect, art Ocean collective and I performed oh, yeah? the last one I yeah think. oh okay so, I think you mentioned this on the show before then Probably. Yeah. Okay. And they have We're amazing. You said about hamburgers. They have amazing. Uh, well, I'll be there. Fish burger, hamburgers. Yeah. The fish ain't got no bones in it, though, right? No bones. Uh, all right. Yeah. We no bones. We rocking with it. No. Oh, that sounds incredible. I love to hear about those type of events, especially when they're like multi-genre, multi-medium type of events. That's where, that's where all the real magic <laughs> happens. Yeah. Straight up and down. So, and there'll be a lot of other new releases, music releases, coming out this year where i'm concerned um we're in the process of production right now 
and um, so I hope everybody will look out for that as well. Do, do you? You said you don't really do social media much. Do you have? Uh, do you use anything to like post your upcoming yes. events or anything? Where, where can people well, find you? Or people could. For now, yes. Uh, for now, we're we're a little bit under construction, but for now, they can like go to um, Facebook India Davenport um, to a fan page. Okay. Um, that's quite accessible. Um, and uh, after our construction is completed, there'll be other mediums: uh, Instagram, um, which definitely we will. And it that is seems still like the wave. India, right? India on Instagram um, is will be up and going i mean it, it is still going but you know it'll be a little more active this year and with different other information web website stuff okay so we're in the process of doing changing up things right now All right now that's mm -hmm. gonna be dope looking forward to seeing more work from you out here and uh, i'd definitely like to come check you guys out and see what you're doing uh, i'm just happy that tokyo is so privileged to have somebody as dope as you just chilling out at the family mart <laughs> you know what i mean that's crazy so word up thank you what else we got late uh well, oh, do you guys need to take off or oh uh, we got like five minutes yeah the most five minutes. Through it. five minutes okay uh today the 25th of january we have Damn, my event I know January's over, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my event going down at my guy Harry Sandwich Shop in Harajuku. Vibes every last Friday. So come get some of the best sandwiches or the mm -hmm. best sandwich in Tokyo. Oh, yes. <laughs> if you if you like like a sandwich sandwich, okay. not these little triangle joints they have at the family mart. Okay. <laughs> Harry's makes really incredible sandwiches. Harry's? Where's that? You got Harry's? a real love-hate relationship with Family Mart this episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? Well, like, that's not where I go for sandwiches. You know, sandwiches are trash at, at most convenience stores. But Harry's has some legit you know grill cook yeah. like delicious of, uh, yeah. Dori. Yeah, yeah right in Harajuku. <laughs> yeah like a five minute walk from the station yeah so check that uh, out it's yeah. like he's getting hungry no. yeah yeah he's like let's go now yeah yeah so we'll be there from nine to midnight uh today also today born free is going down at harlem and slow lights is going down at club heavy six zero slow lights uh this Tomorrow, Saturday, twenty-six. The breakdown is going down at Coin at Coin's, Coins Bar. Bar. Uh, that's our guys. I always get the names wrong. DZ, DNZ, DNZ, DC three, and Putafech. They do that every second and fourth Saturday at Coins Bar in Shibuya. And we're, we're special guests. Yeah, yeah. Mega Late Show will be there. Yeah, Mega and Late will be playing some <laughs> uh, live hip hop jams for dead ass. So go out and um, catch catch a what 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 do they catch if they go out there? A wave, a vibe, sub three hundred yen drinks. That's right. Yeah. So catch catch liver disease. <laughs> yeah, drink so your heart is content. Uh, also that same day, our uh, disco dials going down. That's Mark Jackson and crew, uh, Jimmy, uh, Clement, and our guy Alex. Sea Dog Camp. Hey, so go catch them if you want to catch some disco music. Is Alex still doing comedy? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Shout out thing. to Sea Dog. That's what he does. Okay. Yeah, he's a comedian. And also, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Tuesday you can catch Ray Parker Jr. and Radio at Tokyo Midtown if you want right. to do that. 
That same day, Captain Vinyl's going down. That's uh, DJ Muro and Nobu. Uh, sorry, Muro. DJ Nori's event mm. at uh, Contact. I think that's every last Tuesday. Are y'all familiar with Muro? He's kind of one of the I've first DJs of, out here that brought like hip hop yeah, here. He yeah, uh, yeah. worked with like Marley Mall and just a plethora of like yeah. really well established hip hop artists. Yeah. Like, like the, the highest him. tier. Yeah. Of we them. did. Yeah. We did. We DJ on the same night. I'm just. Oh, Rob. Okay. okay. Robert Glasper show? Yeah. Sorry, we, yeah, we know. Yeah. You know Robert Glasper? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we was trying to get him on the podcast. We said, I'm a little busy this week. Sorry. Yeah, That's well, right. yeah. yeah. After he came real wild spicy about the Lauren Hill hot take, I was like, hey. Oh, my goodness. I yeah. heard about that. I yeah. was like, wow. Okay. I, I've heard things from I've people in the community. Too. Mark DeClivelo mentioned some things. You know, he had a lot of positive things to say about her artistry, but mm-hmm. some of her business practices might not be the most... Okay, sought after. Yeah. Is that it? That's a whole other thing. Uh, yeah, that's it. Speakeasy, first Sunday. That's February 3rd. That's Going right. down at Hotel Koe, DJ Kaistar. Y'all know how we do Speakeasy. Yeah. Free dance. Kaistar's back in town? Yeah. So what's up to the guy? Yo, uh, India Davenport, yes. you're amazing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. We're looking forward to seeing all further growth from you creatively thank you creativity creatively creatively ah there we go got those syllables right boom (laughs) anywho uh thank you is there anything else that you'd like to say before we get out of here uh anything spicy like yo somebody bullshitting again (laughs) we get some more bullshitting (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding (laughs) you gotta gotta be wild spicy thank you though for allowing me to share thank you a lot of times we um you know we miss some some of the little bullet points of you know people artists and and what they do specifically the music but then there's so many things all around it so it's nice to be able to be free to share that you are a well-rounded not just artist but person. thank like you, you, you have different interesting things absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Grits. That. i mean that's what we look for in people <laughs> in our community uh, Oil or butter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a butter person. I'm okay. Rock with the butter. Okay. But uh, there was a surprisingly small amount of information about you uh, available on the Googles and Trash Ash Wikipedia. So I'm glad that you had uh, you you hipped us to a lot of your journey. Just for
future Accept the fact that it's not just an act that I care So please let me share special moments Moments so rare Check it out, if I could give you the world You know I'd do it, everything at your feet And nothing to it, but it's hard, sweetheart And it's rough out here But I doubt there is anybody else for me Just me I'm the one for you. Just me, I love you. 